0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ben Griffin Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Levi, a music major with a passion for teaching and playing. In this podcast, we talk about his hopes of sharing what he loves with others. Along with that, we talk about the power of music and the life of a band member in an orchestra, along with some other fun topics sprinkled in. This podcast was awesome to make, and Levi is just brilliant in humor as he is in study. So I hope you're entertained by him the same way that I am, especially as my friend, so thanks for tuning in and enjoy the podcast. Levi, welcome to the show, my man, it's been too long. Hi, Ben. Uh, look at you, sitting over there so sweet, <laughs> and so timid, and yet we've had conversations here for like 20 minutes, but we were like, God, we got to get this thing started, because you walk in, and it's like, immediately, you just start talking. I was telling him before I got started, the big thing with Levi is, he's one of these people, when you sit down and you talk with him, it doesn't matter what topic you bring up, he's always got an interesting way of perceiving it, versus a lot of my past guests, not to say that they're not interesting, but... You've always been. I always imagined that if you were sitting in the room or even if you took my place, you could do it just as well, if not better, because you've always got a very good insight about you, about reaching into new topics or not knowing something and just playing around with the rules and seeing where you go. It's awesome. I think it's really fun. It's really interesting always to be around you when I get a chance.
1: I'm a bullshitter.
0: (laughs) I'm a bullshitter. Oh my gosh. No, but why don't uh why don't we do just a quick introduction because some people might not know who you are um what's your major and uh what do you plan on doing with it
1: uh I'm a music major folks in education with a secondary education minor. I hope to become a high school band director or a music performer too uh I play trombone and I like to be involved in all things music so wow. there you go.
0: How many instruments have you played over your time
1: um I play my management is trombone. I've picked up bass trombone, which is the same but different. Um, <laughs> piano i'm s I have to pass proficiency for, so I okay. have to be okay at it. um really, a, a secret instrument I'm good at that I hate and I never bring it up, but I'll bring it up for the sake of entertainment. <laughs> um I am decent at playing the banjo. You're kidding. I'm not
0: kidding. Wait, let me stop for just a minute here. And it's not just about the banjo. So you, one, let's talk about the piano. You have to pass the piano. Is that for chord progression or something?
1: So all the requirements of the piano proficiencies, I have to play a piece at my skill level from memory. I have to sight read a hymn, which is just like chords. Whoa. I have to play a melody and um, harmonize with it at the same time and i have to transpose up and up or down a step and i also have to read in uh an unusual clef so altor tenor and i have to do all that and pass and show i'm proficient in all those aspects to pass piano for proficiency
0: proficiency okay is that do they kind of leave it there just um just to make sure you know piano or is it more just so you know how to read music
1: um it's It's a combination of, it's a test of knowing theory and putting theory into practice and um, knowing how chords work. It's very uh, important and it's very helpful. So say if you're a choir director, you can play the parts. Or if you're a band director, you can uh, play chords and whatnot along with and say, no, this is how it goes or stuff like that.
0: Okay, gotcha. Now, let's go back to the banjo then. I know I'm cutting this in pieces, but (laughs) I'm just already, you got me. You already got me. But where did the banjo come from? Because I want to make Stearns County jokes.
1: (laughs) All right. Um, So my dad, one of his hobbies um, is woodworking. And he loves to woodwork. And he's also, another one of his hobbies is being a musician. And that's actually where a lot of my inspiration comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he melded the to do the two and made a banjo. You're kidding, so he made well he made like the wood and the body, and then you what? like the kit gives you the frets and the head and the tuning pegs, okay, and then you insert them, and then you made a banjo. He's also made a harp, and it's awesome, but yeah, so i he had a banjo out, and uh he bought like a a book to teach himself and whoever else and watching tv during commercials i would mess around with it and i wouldn't say i'm professional but i like seem professional
0: but you know your way around it yeah that's great i didn't realize that you could just like throw one together in a workshop you know i always yeah. think of them like violins is very sensitive like well it is like
1: it's not a professional banjo it sounds nice but yeah. it's not um because in professional music and instrument making um everything matters. Okay. The thickness of the wood, the type, um for brass instruments, the thinness of the metal, uh the exact uh alloy of brass, so the percent of zinc and copper matters. Everything. Really? Everything matters.
0: Why why the like the amount of zinc and the mixture? Is that just but the way the the resonation of the sound.
1: Yeah. So actually on Saturday, I'm going down to Schmidt music to the trombone shop and I'm so, going to try some other instruments, some try some other trombones. Cause I just want to see what's out there. Yeah. And um, yeah. So there's like three different types of brass. There's yellow brass, gold brass and rose brass. And the rose brass is the highest copper content, mm-hmm. which makes it pink. And yeah, the the difference is, is that red brass or rose brass um has a warmer sound, but it also gets very edgy um, the higher and louder you play. So it's very hard to control the sound in extremes. But where it performs well is when you just want big, big, lovely, sweet sound, oh, which yeah. is what it gives. And then yellow brass is the opposite, where at extremes it's good, but it's more bright and tingy all the time.
0: Which one do you usually prefer?
1: My trombone is yellow brass with a gold brass bell. And gold brass is the
0: middle. Okay,
1: Um, Slightly more towards rose. But, yeah, usually trombones aren't all one or the other. Um, Usually the bell is a different thing or one of the tuning slides will be different or whatever. So, but, yeah, it does make a difference. And actually getting an audition and winning an audition, that would matter. Like if you played the same audition with a different trombone, that oh, had it, okay. it would matter. Okay, so because if you don't have the sound, you can sound amazing, but if you don't have the sound they want, they won't take you.
0: Really? Yeah. How often do you usually? <clears throat> excuse me. How often do you usually perform in front of? You know, just alone.
1: Um, for
0: you- uh, like, say you got judges. You know, I remember in high school there was like, um. You know, you had to go in front of a group of three judges. You had to go into a room and perform. When I played piano, I had to go in front of a judge, and he had to perform this piece. I know... I don't want to say, like, a name of what competition is because they're always called something different. Yeah. But do you still do that in college? You do some sort of solo eval?
1: Yes. That's actually your final. Okay. If you take lessons, your final is a jury. And if you're a music major, you take full faculty juries, which... All of the lesson teachers show up and grade you on how you perform. Okay. And that actually determines if you're in the major or not. And it sounds scary and it kind of it's scary when you're doing it, but the faculty wants you to be accepted, and so they will accept you. (laughs) Unless, like, it's (laughs) abysmally bad. Yeah. But like they want you to succeed. And so even if it's not the most perfect performance, they gauge how well you worked to get to that point. So it's not like it matters that much, but it still is very scary and can be very intimidating. Mm -hmm. Sitting, going into a room with 40 people, all of them are expert musicians, and you have to play for them, and they are grading you on it. Yeah, And it's very scary. And my full faculty last, year in the fall I uh, straight up just like missed the last note
0: oh it yeah. was
1: bad and then um my lesson teacher like he gives me like he sends you an eval like on Christmas of like how you did and he's like here's your progress And the semester gives you a little progress report and it's very nice I like it a lot and he was like yeah the whole time you were flat with the piano so <laughs> there's that I was like yeah, I was not paying attention to that at all. <laughs> I was uh, just like I'm holding on for dear life and that's yeah. just how it is and then Jeez. But they accepted me because Yeah, no.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're one of our you're in our bands, you represent the school usually, so you know, you must be thought of very highly. I I think of you highly. So
1: Thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: coming from me, it's nothing. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> Ben, you're a personable man and somewhat a world traveler.
0: Oh, don't even start. And you know how bad of a world travel <laughs> I I got arrested four times and that's for another day. Ooh. Yeah, but see, I haven't been arrested
1: at all, so your your experience trumps mine, so
0: Well yeah, my experience my experience is for people that don't know, this is the short version of the story. I think I told Vinny I was gonna go on his podcast and tell this story, but um uh, when I was in Israel I got detained four times for very minor reasons. It was all mis mistakes. Like yeah. I, it, we always walked away laughing. It was never a danger. It was never anything yeah. terrible. It was like, Oh, I, I grabbed the wrong bag or I didn't know how much water I could bring on the plane or it was something like that. And I got detained four times by Israeli soldiers.
1: I think it's just Israeli. Just, I want to make Ben look bad, but Israeli and is it, it's Israeli. Israeli. It's, is, yeah. it's Israeli.
0: I spent time there, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I got that, and then I did a, uh, a long study in a juvenile prison up at Arrowhead um, Juvenile Correctional Center up in Duluth, and that was, it's like one of the largest open area prisons, so the only <laughs> doors that lock are the doors that when you walk into the main quarantine area, and then the actual cells, and then the showers too, so there's three doors, but everything else is open, so you can look in the lunchroom, you can see into the gymnasium, you can see the art room, you know, everything. So it was, it's kind of creepy because there was like 15 kids and these were like bad, bad kids. And I didn't tell my mom until after I got out of prison. So I was like, mom, I went to prison and she was like, what, what did you just do? So I'm, I'm a terrible communicator sometimes. See, This is
1: what I mean. I don't have any experiences like going to Israel or visiting a prison. I've never seen a prison. okay i've seen a prison like driving by but i have never been in a prison this would be funny all.
0: this sounds funny to say but you would actually find it really interesting i know i would you yeah you would you'd probably do really well in prison um.
1: I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a learned man
0: okay it,
1: yeah uh
0: no the, it's why we're friends
1: the good quote from a philosopher it's one of the ancient ones that i can't remember which one it is because i always get them confused but um I think my favorite quote and one I live by is that it is in human nature to have the desire to learn. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. My problem is, is I don't like to learn deep. I like to learn about everything. And I hate just going into one topic. And it's actually one of my biggest struggles in college is that, like, like, "Ah, I know enough about this. I want to move on.
0: I'm in the same boat with you, especially when it comes to things like um, theories. Yeah. Especially in my major, because I'm a comm major. So it's like, oh, we got all these different theories and we got this different mass market theory. We got you know, I could go on. I don't want to know much more than communication is a lot of feel and understanding just people yeah. and being able to hold yourself and develop skills in being a good public speaker, good writer. So I totally understand that. It's it. You know, I I bring on. <clears throat> excuse me. I am know something in the throat. But it's funny because it's, just, it's basically the reason, you know, I'm doing this is I bring in somebody different every single time. It's not a series. I like to hear something new yeah. and I feel like I've got like ADHD or something. But even if I didn't, you know, even if I do, you know, I learn plenty, but it is kind of cool how much stuff there is to know and just the spread that you can get to yeah. so easily. But no, one of these days we got to get you on one of those experiences. I think you'd really enjoy it.
1: I I do – all of my cool experiences are music-related.
0: Which is fascinating to me. Like, let me jump back here for a minute. Okay. Because I I wanted to ask one question. It's been bugging me. But when you say a bell, what exactly is the bell? Because I think of, like, a dinner bell.
1: Sorry. So, um, it's so hard to do without a picture.
0: (laughs) No, I know. I know. It's fine. If you have Google and you're listening, just look up a bell. But I'm just kind of looking to see if I can figure it out.
1: So, it's the – um. So if you think about the trombone shape it's like the slide that yeah. has a U and then it goes back in a U and then like right about here it um there's like this piece that f- goes and then flares out and that's what the sound goes out. Mm-hmm. That's the bell. That, oh, that Okay, piece,
0: okay, gotcha. Gotcha. And
1: um oh you do yeah, pretty good at describing that. That
0: bad. that, that
1: piece is yeah um, can make or break it any dent or scratch changes the sound and well it does anywhere but especially i think on the bell and yeah and what it ma- what it's made out of definitely
0: what definitely. do you i'm i'm just going to finish up this because it leads me into something else that we were just kind of talking about experiences yeah. what do you hope to do with all of this you're doing right now with the major with touring around what do you want to do eventually is it education or do you want to perform
1: honestly um Let's get real talk. Real talk. No, yeah, man. Um,
0: Let's sit up. Let's sit up a music, bit. Music,
1: <laughs> a great piece, just ruins your day in the best way. Really? For me. For me. And honestly, I can see the lack of appeal because it's a very hard thing to get into. But I think classical music hits your yourself in such a way that popular music can't. And... Um, like wind ensemble pieces. I don't, anyone listening, go to CSPSG wind ensemble concerts. They're worth it.
0: They are. Um, I've been to a couple. Yeah. They're good. Uh, um, plug, it's shameless plug. I don't do it as many times as you want, man. Seriously. <laughs> this is all yours. Take so, it, take the time.
1: So last year in, in the spring semester, probably the most meaningful concert of my entire life was the last one where we played David Mislanka Symphony Number no. Eight, and it, it's um, it's a piece about um, the underlying spirit of life. And it's not happy music. It's not all happy music, but there's always a creative flow underneath. And it's it's so hard to not sound pretentious when you're talking about it. No,
0: it's but when no, you gotcha.
1: yeah when you're talking about it, um, I honestly I can listen to that piece and I'll cry. I'm I'm not lying. It means that much to me. I'm actually kind of tearing up right now a little bit. Not that much. I'm glad.
0: I'm glad you are, though.
1: Yeah. That piece makes me so happy when I listen to it. And it, uh, yeah, it just, it was meaningful to me. And at the same time, we were in philosophy, which was like the most convenient part, was at the end of the year in our philosophy class, it talked about the meaning of life and how you can determine meaning. And it happened at the same time because that song was attempting to answer that question at the same time. And it was very meaningful to me. And um, I don't know. It's that experience, that fundamental emotional experience that means so much to me. And I want everyone, I want songs to ruin their lives like it ruined <laughs> mine. Exactly like that. And I think it starts in high school when you can be taught that. And I think um it's a valuable experience that people are missing out on. And I want that to come back because the arts are dying, and it's because of STEM majors <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> well, all right, but anyway, so no, that's that's thank why. you for
0: le- for telling me. I didn't realize that you guys are so connected to pieces like that. Like
1: no, it like songs do, and I think it happens
0: one. more than we think, too. Like I've been caught with that type of stuff. I remember my mom taking me to the orchestra when I was little. And it's and important to see up. it live. Yeah, that was uh, important that was cool.
1: to see it live. I've heard there's this good, good uh, YouTube quote that I would got from a YouTuber. And he said, the difference between a live performance and a recording is the difference between eating a steak and eating a picture of a steak. And that is exactly how I feel about it. It's like the whole experience is there in that steak. The smell, the taste, what it looks like. You know, yeah. it's there. And the picture, all you get is one aspect, what it looks like. Or in the case of music, you can hear what it sounds like, but you don't get the full experience. Wow. And i it's important to see it live. You have If you want music to change your life, go to a live performance from the Minnesota Orchestra or any local orchestra. Man,
0: no, I remember going to there as a kid. And i I'll, I mean, it's printed on my memory. I'll, I'll always remember that.
1: Do you remember what they were playing?
0: No. I just remember being like, holy smokes. And just being blown away and remembering, I could do this again. Like, I remember...
1: We should go one time. I would we be should, down to go with one. you, man.
0: I, I will say this. My old roommate, Eddie. Um, Shout out to Eddie if he ever gets <laughs> a chance to hear this. I'm sure he will eventually. I've been sending him stuff. But he played trumpet. And I remember when I got into college i started recording them because i remember there's something about hearing it the first time and then i would record them and as i'm sorry i fyi i just got back from volunteering at the gym so my voice is a little hoarse because i was playing basketball with kids (laughs) but he told me to stop recording because he's like that's not what we're here to do it's not going to ever do it justice if you record it sure you can record it and send it to my mom but uh, keep focused on the actual instruments i was like okay and he was dead be right? So I, I'm, I don't, no, you're just drawing back memories for me. This is this is kind of amazing for me.
1: It's, it's great. Music has that way of, I don't know, bringing people back in such a good way. Like nobody remembers what they were doing when they were first taught like fractions, but almost everyone could remember the first song that made a deep impact on them, and it's usually a child song, mm-hmm. but everyone can remember it like 50 years from now, you're not going to remember what you learned in third grade, but you will remember that time in third grade where you were listening to this song. Right. And yeah. Yeah.
0: And you remember some of your concert songs, like you you sang when you were a kid. Like I can still kind of remember, like, the tone, and I can remember the words. You know, I was, like, second grader. Can
1: you remember the actions? Because we... Okay. Oh, don't in, even start with the actions. I was so oh, stupid looking. <laughs> I had to do,
0: like, climb the ladder. I looked climb like... the you're, ladder, yeah.
1: like, put sunglasses on. <sighs> oh, man. They were the worst. I'll tell you what. I hope that's you. They did not... <laughs> no. Because, guess what? That made me hate music in elementary school. Really? I hated it. Jeez. Um, I'm looking at... The Minnesota Orchestra. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. I'm trying to look for a concert that would bang. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not finding it. But there was a Harry Potter uh, in concert. They're going to play some Harry Potter stuff, which is pretty awesome. You know,
0: I remember the last concert I went and saw, and I actually thought Ooh. it was really cool. They played the whole West Side Story soundtrack to the movie. <laughs> and it, they, you were able to watch the movie. Yeah. And they did a live performance of that. You know, it was good. I liked it. They're but the place with was up. packed. They're doing, oh. they're doing that with up. Disney oh. Disney
1: and Pixar's Up in concert. That will make you November cry. November
0: 29th, November.
1: Or Saturday, November 30th.
0: Do if if you're in town, you should stay. You can stop by. <laughs> we'll go.
1: That'll be Thanksgiving, won't it?
0: Oh, yeah, what day is Thanksgiving this year? That's a good question.
1: The um, that'll be the definitely the week that we're off because it's f- it's the 29th through the 1st. Okay. Of November, yeah, November and December.
0: Okay, okay, it's a good one.
1: All right. I got a song recommendation out there. Listen to "O Magnum Mysterium" by um I don't know his first name, but it's last name Lordson. That song fucks me up every oh, time. Really? When I get drunk and I listen to that <laughs> song, I actually cannot control myself. It I've, is it fucks me up that bad.
0: What's what? Do you have like a song like if I asked you? is there a song that you have had a hard time not having people give a reaction to it? Like you're in an audience that song comes on and the people around you just all react and it doesn't have to be like tears. It can be, you know, just,
1: um, yeah, I think every song does that if the performance is going well. Okay. Because even if you're not into that kind of music, it is so designed to get your reaction that it will, mm-hmm. it might not be as exaggerated. Like you won't be bawling your eyes out or jumping out of your seat, but it will change like how you're feeling. Like if you're, if you go into a concert and all they play is happy music, you will come out feeling better. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not into it, just cause it's like, that's just, that's the purpose. Right. Yeah. And if you're listening, yeah, that it will affect you.
0: Have you ever uh, gone? I'm sure you have, but I want to see if there's one in particular. Have you yeah. ever had an experience where you go up stage, on stage, and you play, and you're in the band, and you're just like, "Whoa, we just, we just did something pretty amazing right there."
1: Um. Yeah, last concert. Um, I don't know if you went. I won't be well, hurt. I'm, if you I'm didn't thinking
0: go. of the Eau Claire one. I don't remember the one before that.
1: Um, uh no the the last Wind Ensemble concert. I don't know if you were there. No. I won't be hurt. Well, but I didn't know you the, that, the, that, that the, as
0: well, I should say. I've been embarrassed. I've been terrible.
1: That was literally like two weeks ago. Oh, so. no,
0: never mind. I <laughs> thought you were talking about like last <laughs> year. No. Because I remember you getting like worked up about something last year at the very end of the year.
1: Yeah, that's what I was talking about. That was the... Symphony 8. Okay, that was Symphony the, 8. Okay, but that was no, 8. The last one, the last one that we did, which was like two weeks okay. ago or a week ago, I don't know. But any, yeah, it was a week ago. That happened and... um it's at the end there's like this super long build-up and then boom you're right into um just this amazing part and it's the build-up that really sells it and it it was very special and i it was hard for me to actually play because i was i was very into it and it was very Mm -hmm. hard for me to actually keep going but i got through it and it was great so
0: what's that like to have that experience on stage when you're with you know a group of people between 10 and you know however large your band is here just share that moment
1: it's it's hard to describe it's like i'm going to compare it to sports us nerds like to <laughs> to uh compare ourselves to the jocks right it's i don't know it's like uh it's like when your team pulls off the Hail Mary right it's like it was a group effort sure the quarterback and whatever and we'll say the quarterback is the conductor, right? Sure the quarterback is the one that looks like they're doing it, but it's the team. It, like there's no there's no winning game without mm-hmm. the team, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm that's just how it is. It's uh it's one unit trying to make one sound, right? It's not 50 individual sounds, it's one band. And that's when it comes together in such a perfect way and i'm not saying we performed it perfectly because we certainly didn't and there's no such thing as a perfect performance but there's yeah there when it comes together in such a awesome and impactful way it's really special yeah
0: yeah no i I think it's fair though to compare it to sports because when that harmony kicks in yeah and you get those goosebumps there's yeah. nothing quite like it, and the closest thing I've ever come to is the sports, because you know how I am with sports. Yeah, but
1: it's the it's the buzzer beater, right? it's yeah. the um, it's that point. And honestly, uh, music for me probably makes me feel the same way that you feel when you're watching a basketball or a football game, right? It's the highs, it's the lows, it's the it's because you're invested, right? Yeah, and I feel musicians are especially invested because it's all our work culminating in one 40 minute concert right mm-hmm. there it won't it's not like a painting where you can look at the mona lisa as many times as you want you hear that 40 minutes and that 40 minutes will never come back right it's yeah. it's in that way music is special yeah.
0: is it, no it's 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 just kind of cool to hear you say it like this because it makes it seem like there's a greater appreciation for moments you know, just the little passing moments when you get oh, that yeah. break between songs and you know you're gonna you're looking over at the flute players like, watch this banger. I'm just <laughs> about to float over these guys' heads. You yeah. know, like it makes you appreciate being able to have those people around you and being yeah. in that moment and being able to say, Wow, look at this. Like what yeah. we've done. And, and I think
1: it's one of the struggles of a musician is that um honestly, I think the music that I performed has impacted me way more than the music I've listened to because it has become in a sense a part of me right mm-hmm. um versus just the listener and it's I think it's one of the banes of musicians is that they go I love this piece it's the best um you know it makes me feel so great and some <laughs> and other people are just like yeah sure whatever dude like <laughs> get over it it's yeah. just like and that's going to be one of my biggest challenges as a teacher. Is I'm going to be like, isn't this awesome? This is the coolest. And these st- kids are just going to be like, whatever. I'm just trying to get my uh, my yeah. my arts credit. And you're just like, man, I wish you were as excited as I was. Because yeah. this, if you let it, this music will change your life.
0: Oh, well, yeah. And if you go into it with that excitement and that desire to teach, and most importantly, the passion, I think yeah. you'll be able to reach most of them. Because I, I know...
1: It's got to be soul crushing for teachers, though, Oh God! in a way, like, yeah, you can imagine. um, I don't know, like a history teacher who absolutely loves history and has this immense passion for it. And then this kid goes, why do we have to learn this? It's got to be so soul crushing for something that you're so passionate about and can other I, people just don't have it.
0: Can I tell you a, a quick story? Yeah. Just an anecdote to this. That's, that's, tell me. I had a history teacher my sophomore year, um, and he used to give us, his specialty was in U.S. history, and we were taking basically the history around Abraham Lincoln's presidency, uh, the Civil War, leading up to Woodrow Wilson. You know, that kind of short span, you know, that short 50 years of time, it's like everything after uh, 65. Sorry, I gotta like readjust and he used to assign, instead of tests, he would do papers, and he would grade them harsh. Like, hard, <laughs> hard. I, have, I hadn't had an F in years, and I had my first F with him, and I was livid, because I had spent all day, all night, working on this paper, getting the language right. I took pride in my writing. Yeah. F right off the bat. I'm like, what the hell? He comes in a week later, and he gives us more textbooks, and he just had printouts that he had yeah. basically bound together. And they're all different letters from all over, photo scanned and all this national documents that we could read and highlight on. Yeah, He was going to town to give us all this information, going through it with us, having us read all these letters. And yet he would just grade us so brutally. So one day I just go up and I I said, listen, the paper I had, you know, I just spent three days on that. And if it's D minus work, what am I, where do I start? Where's the starting block then? Yeah. And he said, write me a paper, bring it in here in two days, and we'll sit down and we'll tear it apart and we'll see where you're going wrong. I'm like, fine, fine, whatever. Yeah. I write this paper. I bring it back. I sit down with him. And he's, he couldn't be a nicer guy. Like, yeah. he's this very friendly man. It's just the moment you let him out of your sight with any of your stuff, like homework, you get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> And so I sit down with him, and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm done with all my classes, and I have him read some of it. And we go paragraph to paragraph. And I kid you not, we spent at least an hour and a half on the paper. And he puts it down. He slides it across me. He says, "This is this is where this is your map. This is where you need to go. Here's where you need more evidence. I want you to quote this way. I think it'd be better if you started with your thesis in both beginning at the end. It made me a better writer. But the the most important part of this story is what comes next is I after about two hours, an hour and a half, two hours of sitting in there talking about paper, getting frustrated, he said, What do you think of the class? And I just go, You know, I, I love history. I, I find it fascinating. I'm not an I'm not an expert though. You know, if you asked me for dates and years, I'd have a hard time. But if you told me a story, I would sit until the end and I don't care how long it is. Yeah. And We got talking. He's like, what's your favorite part? And blah, blah, blah. He was kind of judging, you know, the class. Yeah. He starts going in, you know, to the lectures. And I I just, you know, like with you, I ask questions and I, I have a conversation with him. And he cries in front of me over the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah. And about the letters that was written and the mystery behind Lincoln and that we say, oh, he freed the slaves for this reason. But there's. Like three other reasons that he could have done it. We don't actually know. No. And he cries about the Gettysburg Address. And he would bring it back. And they would talk about, you know, how... um, I think I brought it up with Alex the other day. How Abraham Lincoln could have been like a manic depressant. Because there was one time he was towing his son in a wagon across Washington. And he would get into such a fits in whatever he was having going on in his head. His sight would narrow and he'd lose track of what was going on around him and one time he was walking in front of the white house coming back or he was walking through washington somewhere and a woman ran up and tapped him on the shoulder and said sir sir your son is back there He's like, wait what do you mean he had left todd two miles back he didn't even know he fell out of the wagon like who would research that to find yeah. that out and then he you know he cries about the emancipation proclamation because he was he he would had the famous line in his letters where he ran for president of, I would you know this obviously this is dated you know this yeah. is so what I'm gonna say I don't actually endorse but he said, I believe a black man should be free but I certainly wouldn't want my daughter to marry one
1: yeah and that's
0: like well then he he's racist isn't he yeah but then at the same time he's freeing them on the other end well if he freed them then they join the Union Army and all of a sudden that massive workforce yeah. has gone from the south. So there's all of this balancing going on, and I see this man start crying in front of me. I'm like, "What is going on?" Like I'm freaking out. Yeah. And I leave. Uh, you know, after about another two and a half hours, I was there at from one till almost four, four thirty. And as I'm leaving the room, I start smiling. I'm like I think I just saw a part of him that I don't think anyone else will. Like in my class. No. And I realized that was all passion, yeah. and. Every day after class, after that, I would hold a small discussion for 20 minutes. I set a timer. I sat down next to him at this desk that was in the classroom, and I'd talk about that material for the day. And slowly but surely, my papers got better. I never perfected anything. Yeah. But I realized the moment I re- uh, saw the passion and just the torture he had to share the information, Yeah, I was just obstruck, you know? Yeah. And immediately, my grades started to go up somewhat. You know, C's turned to B's, and B's never turned to A's because it was still brutal. But I was so I was just so happy to know that there was this guy there that really cared about what he was doing.
1: And that's why he graded hard. Probably he didn't yeah. grade hard to be an a-hole. No, he, he didn't want anything less than utter care, right? Yeah. And if you didn't give that, he didn't want it, right?
0: No, and he wanted to pass on the information he loved. Yeah. You know, it's like pass. I know this is a bad example, but it's like passing on your child to somebody else in marriage. Yeah. It's like, I love this. This is something I treasure in my life, is yeah. knowing this. Yeah. I want you to take care of it for me and pass it on to another person. Yeah. That's amazing to me that there's people out there like yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I hope the best for you when you're doing that. I really hope it turns out. I know I'll be keeping up with you and seeing what's going <laughs> on, but. Uh, they won't know how lucky they are to have you, really, because there's very few people in this world that have that passion and drive to just put them their egos aside and just say, "I'm going, no matter if they like me or dislike me." Or, yeah,
1: I, I I just hope it rubs off. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's I'm gonna be honest, I kind of hate my education classes.
0: Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's fine. It's and part it's, of the journey, though. You know, no,
1: but it's like. I should like them because it's what I want to do, but is it the tediousness of it? It's the, um, it's kind of the tediousness of it. And it's kind of like, um, they give you such a landmine that you feel like you can't become a teacher anymore because you're like, well, you can't do this anymore or you can't do this anymore or you have to be worried about this. And pretty mm-hmm. soon it's like, so what can I do? Because apparently I can't do anything. And um, at that, it just becomes so scary to become a teacher because it's very easy to be a bad one. Yeah. And it honestly, um, the only thing that's holding me to education is that I love music so much and I want others to love it so much. And when I went, because you have to do a 40 hour teacher shadow experience, and I went back to my old high school, and music teachers are so overworked. I don't know if you know that, but they are doing, no, I've been they are doing it. three people's jobs by themselves and it's kind of dumb, but I came back and he was, and he was the nicest man. And he said, do you want to teach class? And I literally was there and taught class the whole week. And it was the most fun and awesome thing I ever <laughs> did. And I, it is the only reason why I'm staying in the major because I hate everything about it, but actually doing it was the best thing I've ever done.
0: Wow. And I love it. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Oh, I I, I started out wanting to teach kindergarten. I got in the classroom once. I was like, I overthink too quickly. I didn't see myself doing it for more than 10 years.
1: See, I can never become an elementary kid, uh, student or elementary teacher. Sorry, because no. honestly, I don't think I have the patience. And I'm a, um, I'm kind of a low energy individual. Yeah, you're a very
0: I'm, relaxing guy to be around.
1: I'm a uh, I'm an energy reciprocator, not an energy <laughs> creator. So I mean, I'm doing I do okay around kids. Like uh, number one uncle for my nephew um, and my nieces, but they don't see me as much as my nephew as I see my nephew and my uh, goddaughter, but. I'm number one uncle for them and it's because I play with them and I reciprocate their energy, but I cannot sustain that. And I don't think I could create that. Like if, uh, if they were waiting for me to be um, engaging, I don't think that could happen. Mm. And I've, I've had practice and I'm not very good at it. I'm what I am good at is when I was at the high school and teaching was, it was, I made it such a collaborative experience and that's what I liked about it was that my students weren't my students. They were my colleagues and I, you know, I still instructed them, but I was like, uh, do you guys have any input? How would you interpret this? Or how would, I don't know, certain things I was like, well, here's the music and here's where there's wiggle room. And I have my interpretation, but I want to see how you do it. Or, I um, they have like this theory book or whatever that they go through where they uh, read little songs and they that's how you teach band. And I would go, what do you want to play? And they would pick it and I would go, okay, what are you not so good at? And then they would pick it and then we'd go through it. And then I would be like, okay, what do you want to play? And then it was like, it was a very collaborative experience. Yeah. And um, my instructions weren't instructions. They were like suggestions. Right. And I think it really helped. And I was very, like, communicative, and um, I think, um, I can't think of the word, it, like, uh, making pictures.
0: Oh. Um, um, now, you illustra- can't no. Yeah, illustration? Illustra-
1: il- illustrative or, yeah, um, like, painting the picture. And I think I they got it, and it was so rewarding when, after I worked with them, you could tell the difference. Yeah. And I was like, why do I even need to go? I can make positive differences <laughs> right now. I can change put them take them from here to here right now. And that's literally your only gauge as a teacher. Yeah. Is you take pretests and post tests and you gauge whether your teaching was effective. And I could tell in that 40 minutes that they were better than they were before the 40 minutes. I was like, why do I even need to be here? And that's part of this another part of my education frustrations is that it's like I've got it. I'd, I've got it. Like, sure, I might not be – like, someone else will be, help me be more professional and write, like, better tests. Like, yeah, what band director gives their kids tests anyways. But, <laughs> I mean, like, it's there. Why? What am I doing here? Just let me go into student teaching. Let me go. I'm ready. Like, Yeah, get me out in the field.
0: No, yeah. and then you get antsy and you don't want to keep doing it.
1: And, yeah, there's no – there's honestly very little motivation to go and, like – Right about some behavioral psychology thing that you witnessed in children. Hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't need to know the definition to know that this is a problem, right? Or like, I know how to fix this because like all the things were like, yeah, these are teaching strategies that every teacher has used ever on the face of the planet and uh, I know how to do them. So what's the point? Wow but i don't know i feel like going into a school where the kids don't know me cuz i was still it was still i was still uh new enough in college where the kids in high school still knew me so i feel like i didn't have to earn their respect cuz they already knew me really so i feel like that was easier cuz i never had to really do classroom management like the 7th and 8th graders were a little wild but like the like the all the high schoolers knew me and i couldn't i could uh yeah, they, I would stop them. They would be quiet. I would give brief instructions and I'd go, okay, and I'll apply it. And boom. And it was on. I never had to worry about disruptions or people talking. They, and I think it was because I was a new and B, they knew me. So they were yeah. like, well, I want to see what he's learned or, you know, yeah. like how he would do this. And so.
0: Well, yeah, I will say this too. You also have a very strong presence about you. When you speak that people is, listen.
1: That is not true.
0: No, it is. I oh, find it very man. true. You hold a room better than most people that I know.
1: I don't think that's true, but
0: I'm no. not saying it to be funny.
1: No, I think um cuz cuz con- conducting, when conducting class, great class, that talks about being a conductor as having an impulse of will. Which That's different. <laughs> which is very different because different, it's very though. different to hold the room when you're talking versus when you're just standing there yeah that's very
0: different you have to you and i have blended into many a room together
1: you have to impose yourself and control the room with nothing more than your presence and i i don't like you'll learn that one you'll (laughs) have to learn i'll have to learn that one but it's very it's good and it's bad like i'm good at it and i'm terrible at it in the sense that like when i go up I don't bend because one of the things about it is that like if you're conducting and people aren't watching you and you're like, okay, I'll cover for them and like pretend like that's what I'm doing, but really I'm following them versus this is my interpretation. Here's my time. Follow me. Right. And I'm good at that, but like my, uh, I'm a very laid back person. So when I go up there, I just am like, like I'll show it, but I won't. It's hard to explain, but and by it I mean the musical, the mm-hmm. musical aspect. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's interesting. There,
1: there's a, uh, there's a lot more than ECI than conducting, because a lot of people think it's, uh, you go up there, you boom, 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 pattern. Here's the time. Eh, the musicians know what to do for after that. But there's so much more.
0: What What would be like a good example of things that people don't see when a conductor steps up there? Um, I know there's probably a handful of things, but what's just one?
1: I would say just the sheer prep. Like, here is a 2,000 measure score that this person has memorized to the point where they can give cues and shape how they want to and they know exactly what notes to hold which notes to like it's impressive wow um and some people don't memorize but the ones that do
0: are the better do you, i don't know do you see a difference
1: um you do and you don't like i think the interpret like it's the the director's interpretation is always different from director director so it's not necessarily one's better it's just one's different and it's up to your mm. personal taste okay I think it's more impressive, and it shows that the conductor knows, which, I mean, we can leapfrog into what else I wanted to talk about, which is um, orchestra.
0: Take it. it. Uh, Run with the reins. So, (laughs)
1: um, orchestras can be dicks sometimes. (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) I see a feature segment. (laughs) Uh, Continue. So, um. If you're a new conductor and you go up to a quote-unquote respectable orchestra, they might test you out by purposely playing wrong to see what you will do or by purposely ignoring you to see what you would do.
0: Can this be all the way up to like... Yes. Oh, Minnesota, like, we're talking Minnesota. state orchestras will kind of talking them out. We're
1: talking the top of the top. And they would, but I don't think they would just because most of the time. you won't get to conduct them until you are a proven
0: conductor. Okay, gotcha.
1: But at the semi-professional level, which is kind of funny, it's, again, like sports, so there's like the top ones and then there's like semi-professional, which would be like the St. Cloud symphony. There'd be Rochester. There's, um, I think you consider, I don't know, but like each small city probably has an orchestra and you could, you would consider those semi-professional. And if you are a new conductor, they might not everyone, not every single orchestra will, but it has been known to happen. And, uh, they can be dicks sometimes. And what will happen is like two or three players will do it. So it's like the loud minority, but they'll be like, uh, get this guy out of here. If he doesn't know what he's doing. So we'll test his knowledge of the score and like test his impulse of will by purposely doing shit wrong.
0: Dick move.
1: Yeah. And so how you respond to that, determines if you keep your job because they will unionize and petition to kick you out. So, yeah.
0: I'm just <laughs> trying to wrap my brain around that because I had a choir teacher that was like a living demon. It, God loved her. I loved her. Yeah. But she she didn't take nothing from anybody. Uh, but to hear it the other way, to hear an orchestra will give it to you. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's a new thing for me to think about. It's it, weird.
1: Yeah. And, uh, orchestras can be a very toxic environment.
0: This um, was something you brought out, up at the table. I really wanted to kind of pin you down with this one. We'll I'm fascinated. Um, finish the conductor part. I'll, no, that's all keep I had to say in my about mind. that.
1: That's all I had to say about that.
0: Well, what makes an orchestra? What makes it so toxic? What, what is there?
1: Um, so there's a that? stereotype among, uh, professional musicians that they are smug individuals and that's not an entirely unearned stereotype so um especially principal players or i don't remember what the position is called it's like uh it's a liaison between the conductor and the orchestra so he's like the you consider like kind of my position at the wind ensemble here is that i'm president of the wind ensemble so i am a liaison uh, between the conductor and the ensemble.
0: Is that like first violin or whatever?
1: It's usually first violin. It doesn't have to be. Um, and it can be any principal player. And for those that don't know, principal players are um, the leaders of each section. So each section has a principal player. So if you hear a musician talking about the principal of like the Chicago Orchestra, uh, that's what they're talking about. Mm. Um, yeah, so they can uh, lead and be toxic like if the conductor doesn't uh recognize them at like the end of a concert they will throw a hissy fit um really yep um um it's not uncommon for um and i'll say this happens in the saint cloud orchestra i won't say who or what player but it has happened in this St. Colin Symphony Orchestra where one of the players, one of the principal players, will lean over and go, I want to interpret it that way, and then play it by their interpretation instead of what the conductor gives them, which is not their job. Their job is to follow the conductor. So, yeah, that's not, that's very, wow. it's very immature.
0: A lot of anarchy almost going on. Yeah. Like, go against the man.
1: So, you would think a musician is refined, but they're a bunch of competitive wussies sometimes. And I'm very grateful that CSBSJU music majors and music people in general are very um, collaborative and friendly and want to hang out. And um, nobody holds a grudge. It's very lucky because Dan, who was actually a music major in St. Olaf, switched majors and moved schools because he actually hated how competitive and toxic their music program was. Yeah,
0: I've. I remember hearing some horror stories about that.
1: So I'm I'm very grateful that the music program here is much better. Yeah. Um, but it can be that way. And it's the sad reality of musicians that uh, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Um, every audition, there's other people there trying to one-up you. Every uh, gig calling, um, yeah, you'll lose out to a guy just because he knows more names and if you happen to take his gig one time out of a fluke he will hate you without even meeting you and it's not it's not great um and it is the loud minority like the majority of orchestra people are super nice and um are all almost all of them are teachers private lessons they want to expand music however they can but some of them are kind of dicks and some of them are known for it like my lesson teacher actually talked about um he's a famous man and he's well known for it so i won't feel bad about name dropping no you're good if it's famous but gary greenhoe who makes greenhoe trombones was a famous a-hole and everyone was happy when he uh quit (laughs) the really he quit the he quit the symphony and started making trombones and people were kind of happy about it and um he just up one day was decided to be a dick and was like, "Uh, we're not going to make trombones anymore and just shut down all his factories and fired everyone. And so Greenhoe was out of business for a while. And now some other people under the Greenhoe name, like the former workers, brought the factory back and now Greenhoe trombones are being made again. But he was a well-known a-hole and people wow. were not happy with him and he was known for being very blunt and kind of just like what you think a dick musician is. Uh, like it's probably Gary is the guy. <laughs> I don't know if his first name is Gary. I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's, I know his last name is green cuz I know green trombones. I'm pretty yeah. sure his first name is Gary.
0: Wow. That's unbelievable.
1: Right. I got a another tidbit. Yeah. It's not about orchestra, uh, no. etiquette, but it is about orchestra. um, Every orchestra you see is not making money. They're, they are all money pits, and they are surviving solely on donations and charity. All their musicians are poorly paid because the orchestra never makes any of their money back on performances. So, I don't know if you knew that, but... Yeah. Are the,
0: even the biggest chorales in the world?
1: The biggest, like the New York Philharmonic, which is debatably the best on the planet earth is always in the red when it comes to find like uh, profits um, that they get just by themselves
0: then Every, what would attract people to do it then what would make you say why why am i spending all this time
1: the love of music it's i just think pure love. all yeah and wow. it's i think it's part of the desire
0: to be the best too a little pride a little, a little pressure a little yeah. passion a little everything i guess
1: but and that's that's how they survive so in the future um if arts get appreciated less and less you'll see more and more of them going bankrupt because they aren't getting the donations and charities that they were so there you go Uh, all orchestras are surviving purely on donations
0: wow like, I, I always had a suspicion that some... Like, the smaller ones you'd assume. Yeah. But I didn't realize the big, big ones that you think of are yeah. also. maybe wow. the
1: Aust, Maybe in Austria, because, like, Austrian people are refined. But... <laughs>
0: Even the, then, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, yeah. it's...
1: And I'm not sure... I shouldn't say all, because I haven't done really any research. But I, I know for a fact... That the Minnesota orchestra does not make any money off of themselves alone. It's all donations. So that's why musicians get paid poorly. That's, the, that's kind of the meme in the music community. Is that musicians don't get paid jack shit. Because they don't. Because they're surviving off of the bare minimum.
0: <laughs> wow. Crazy, dude. Speaking of meme... I know that's not the transition point this you is the want. sickest meme. Uh, well, right. you mentioned about um, stereotypes of musicians. Yeah. Are there... You know, when I think of stereotypes of musicians, I'm kind of drawing a blank because I haven't been around a ton of musicians. But what are some of the common ones that people think of? Like, what's the difference between a trombone player and, <laughs> and a trumpet player? What's the difference between a, a flute player and, you know, piccolo? So, I don't... You There's
1: know. like an unspoken rivalry between brass players um each 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 the,
0: brass for people obviously people are listening his face is lighting up <laughs> it is so funny to look at because he's like his eyebrows are raised, the smile's going <laughs> like those dirty horn sections yeah so each <laughs> in, each
1: brass instrument thinks they're the best, and they are so eager to prove it to other brass sections and for trombones their definition of best is playing the loudest oh and so that's kind of the meme oh that is the meme because they can trombone is probably the loudest instrument one of the loudest if not the loudest
0: what's the if is there an instrument that annoys you if it's overused (laughs) this is the fun time where i get to put you under the microscope man uh not saying it's bad. I'm just saying if if people are um, like we need more of this, we need more chimes. <laughs> is there something no, chimes that, are awesome. Yeah, is you can't there can't be dissing the chimes. No, you can't diss chimes. But um, is there one that you're like God, I I don't want to hear a piccolo for another <laughs> month, otherwise I'm gonna strangle someone.
1: See, um the thing about woodwinds, and I'm just gonna generalize the whole section, is that they sound really great and they are impossible to play in tune.
0: Oh, okay. So Okay.
1: It hurts sometimes listening to them we need to vote but them off the
0: island no I'm
1: no fine. no they're great yeah. all the all the woodwind players here are great but a bad one woodwind section sure does oh it can ruin the day sure does change things and um and it's not necessarily the player's fault because those things are nightmares have you seen them they're complicated machines instruments
0: name one the
1: saxophone
0: yep Okay, the saxophone, yeah. Saxophone for the see longest
1: that. time. I looked at that and I was like, how does anyone play that monstrosity? There's a There's million so many valves. There's they're not valves. What are they called? That is sacrilege. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> they are keys and they are pads. Bad.
0: He's yelling. He's like waving the finger like the Spanish <laughs> Inquisition. I need to like hide or something. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, well, this is why I got it. This is why I'm here. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm committing sacrilege all over.
1: Or I like to call them buttons. The button. They are the buttons. And there's a million buttons. And I don't know how... Because there's... Okay, I don't know if you know this about the saxophone. But there's like three or four different fingerings for B-flat. And they are all used in different situations. And they are all slightly off pitch. And so you have to change your the fancy word, embouchure, how you put your mouth around it. That's what it's called? Yes.
0: You have to change your
1: embouchure to change the pitch to correct it. So you have to have a good ear. And it's a nightmare, especially if you play super high because the Overtone series, Google it, uh, is out of tune. The Overtone series is where we got our scale from more or less uh so yeah and it gets out of tune the higher it goes so yeah it's not ideal as vincent would say yeah oh,
0: cousin Vinny, not ideal <laughs> with the old okay sign yeah not ideal not ideal not ideal good t-shirt
1: though <laughs> I, I want that t-shirt i would wear that t-shirt i yeah. wear the hell out of that T-shirt. Uh,
0: yeah that in the candace <laughs> logo on the back that'd be a good one just i don't even want it at, i don't want you know, I, I made him a bunch of new, like, logos yeah. today because I got carried away. I think I showed you them. Yeah, the you did. You did. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun to design some. And he was like, you know, I'm still a minimalist. I'm like, does this mean you're just going to keep your thumbnail? And I'm like, probably. I'm like, good. That's a good thing. <laughs> I love his thumbnail. It makes me, like, think, yeah, this is going to be a good time. Because it's
1: dude. a cologne. It looks like a cologne. It does. It, it looks does. like one.
0: Candace
1: with Vincent. Candace with <laughs> Vincent. And it's, it's like the black label with the super simple white font. It looks like a clone. Oh, uh, it does. And that's why it's charming.
0: It, I love that. Ladies yeah. love it. It's a great podcast. Great <laughs> podcast. I know it's only episode two, but
1: still, I laughed. <laughs> it's a good one. The first episode shouldn't even count. Don't even say. No, it really isn't. It's it
0: shouldn't. L- it was a test. He should relabel them, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not in charge of it. For
1: those that don't know, the first podcast is 11 seconds.
0: Yeah, well, didn't he? <laughs> did he tell you that uh, we? You know, he, me, and him run ideas off each other. He was like, "I can't tell how many views I've gotten because you have to listen for over sixty seconds <laughs> in order for it to be a view. So it's literally impossible <laughs> to know." Did, he did tell me about how that. many people
1: I've listened. He to. did tell me about that. That was a good one.
0: I thought that was hilarious, dude. But oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Just where we were before, because it's like, God, oh, it's like, we, were ta- talk- we, were we were talking about, about uh,
1: music memes and stereotypes.
0: What What is the stereotype for a flute player? Because every time I watch a movie, the flute is always like this crazy woman. Uh, and it's always different depending on the movie I'm in. It's either a really serious person. It's always usually a woman, too. It's always a serious woman or just crazy kooky cat lady.
1: All right, let's get stereotypical.
0: Okay, yeah, because obviously we do not agree with these stereotypes Is, for the most part, because you've no. actually been I've in got the a, stands.
1: I've got a good meme that I just came up with just now. Oh, no. So, you know those uh, female studiers that study for like 10 hours and then get a 64? That's a food player. Are you good?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I know that one. I have names.
1: <laughs> that that would be my stereotype of a flute player because 'cause they're the hardest workers and it still doesn't work out sometimes. Yeah. But no, that's not true. They're Does they're, it just, they're good. They're, is it just no.
0: painful to like master and figure out? You know, when you're yeah. learning a new piece, it just takes you three times as long to learn um, it. Um
1: so flute literature has the unfortunate effect of being dumb. <laughs> in the sense that like every like brass players have it so easy so so, easy. Yeah. so, so blast brass players have it so easy especially low brass because it's like here's a whole note here's another whole note mm-hmm. we will play loud here and then flute players are like here's this freaking um uh pentuplet <laughs> that i have to hit perfectly in time for 60 measures and i can't <laughs> do it wrong or it will sound bad, and I have to do that forever and ever and ever and if I lose focus, uh you can tell the difference, so I have to be constantly focused in doing this monotonous task for probably three minutes straight. It's so impressive um yeah, like we'll sit there, and uh our conductor will I'm not gonna name drop him even though he's a legend he's uh <laughs> We'll he, just call him that the we'll legend. Call, we'll call him legend. The legend. <laughs> He's named after a legend too. Ooh. Um what? I just said ooh. Oh, okay. Like, ooh, spicy. Um he'll spicy. be like <laughs> It's just that easy flutes, just do that. And then he just like, all right, go on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and that's that's it. And the same with the clarinets. Clarinets are like that too. Okay. But Flutes, I think it's just so much more impressive because every other instrument um, has a mouthpiece. And so it does some of the work for you. Whereas the flute, the mouthpiece is created by your lips when you blow through it. So oh. you have to be you gotta on be good. it. You got to be on it.
0: What would you say is the hardest instrument to play?
1: Um, in the orchestra? It's an unfair question, I think. Okay. Because some instruments are easy in some aspects and challenging in others. I would say um, woodwinds are probably the easiest in terms of getting notes out, but they are probably the hardest to master in terms of fingering and intonation, which is what I was talking about where you have to adjust for... Um, The imprecise tuning, because no matter how you do it, it's not going to be precise. Mm. Um, But yeah, I would say um, probably strings for me would be the hardest because you won't sound good as a string player until you're like fifth year of playing.
0: I'm glad you say that because I got a, a very good friend of mine is picking up the violin. And she's very uneasy about starting. And I was yeah. like, it takes a long time.
1: It does. Because the thing about the violin is that you have to be so artful for it to sound good. It's so easy to just put your bow up and go, <laughs> it's, it's It is um, a wonder that people are good at it at all. And, um, yeah, it's amazing to me.
0: It blew my mind because my high school... Yeah. had a string qu- uh, orchestra of yeah. four people that played violin together. Yeah. It was insane. But th- two of the people that were in it were sisters, and both of their parents had played in high-level orchestras. I don't yep. remember, so I don't want to yeah. speculate. But I was amazed because one of them pulled out the bill for what it cost to fix a violin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they um, fly it to New York. I bet you'd be surprised as to what's the most expensive wind instrument is. Shoot. The bassoon is probably the most expensive. Really? I don't want to say it is cuz I'm sure there's some there's
0: somebody that's really fucked s- up a trombone there's somewhere. There's
1: some <laughs> nuts like 15th century violin like the Stradivarius violins, like an original Stradivarius is probably a million bucks. But I don't want count that. I'm gonna say no. I'm not. I'm not gonna say like some specialty like this was Beethoven's piano, right? So it's yeah. like
0: so there's a historical tag on it too, yeah. other than being a musical instrument. Yeah.
1: So I would say like a baseline model, Like for out of all the baseline models, and I'm not saying baseline. I'm saying like professional because professional instruments are often custom, and that wraps up the price but I'm going to say the baseline of a professional model uh, of all the instruments, the bassoon is the most expensive. And I want to see what you think it costs. And I hope you don't way overshoot it. Cause then it's going to make it look dumb, but
0: I don't know where to go and start. Like I know, like the only number I know consistently about musical instruments is like renting them is so <laughs> expensive. Like violins. I know it's like, you can rent them for, like, a couple months for, like, starting out of $500 for some of them. You can go, like, six or seven months for $500. All
1: right. Hold on to your
0: sweatpants, folks. Um,
1: oh, no. I, I'm Ben is, is wearing sweatpants. I am
0: wearing sweatpants, <laughs> and it's very informal. These are nice pants. On. This is your dojo, you know. <laughs> um, drum roll, uh, $30,000. Shut the fuck up. Thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god. It's to the
1: point where it's like, would you rather have a car or a bassoon? Car.
0: <laughs> car. Car, 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 like, car.
1: Some cellos might be more expensive, but I'm talking wind instruments. So instruments that you blow air through to get oh noise. Oh my god. Thirty thousand um, dollars, up to fifty thousand for some for some brands. I'm um and all of that comes in its manufacturer because it's made out of wood. And it's a very specific type, and that wood is slowly becoming extinct. Like, there's obvious preservations because bassoon companies want to keep making bassoons, right? So they're not going to go extinct. But the prices will keep going up. Um, You've floored me, dude. And it has to... Um, oh, my God. Good ones are one, one or two pieces of wood, and they're so easy... To crack because the wood is so hard that any minor adjustments will cause it to crack. Uh, Yeah, Um, all the keys and pads will be made out of silver or platinum sometimes, Um, which is debatable. I think they do make a difference in sound, but it's um, eh, it's debatable if it's worth it. Uh, (laughs) God, yeah, thirty thousand dollars is. I would say a moderately conservative number. You
0: just blew my fucking mind.
1: Yeah. Oh, my. a professional trombone, not custom. I've the most expensive one I've seen is six thousand, which in perspective is not a lot. No, compared to thirty thousand for, for a nice yep. bassoon. And professional trumpet is probably four thousand. Okay. Um, flutes can get expensive too.
0: I can understand a flute.
1: Flutes would match, because you can get. Platinum plated flutes, and those can be expensive. Those might actually be more expensive than $30,000.
0: What does the platinum do to the sound? Like, Uh, why would what would be the initiative to get it? I would assume it's for sound.
1: Other than a hard flex, (laughs) there is a little bit of a difference because obviously changing the material will change the sound. Okay, I can't tell you what it does, but I'm guessing it's probably not worth it that much. You'll see silver, um, silver solid silver flutes, um, which can get expensive, and those are actually probably the most professional. Platinum is debatable whether it's worth it, but um, most most orchestras, most most flute players in orchestras will have
0: silver or silver plated flutes. Mm. Okay, you just gotta give me a minute here, man. That's intense. (laughs) Yeah, you is didn't insane. know that no god i don't know half the stuff coming out of your mouth man i don't <laughs> and the other half i'm clueless about like i i've known of it but i have no idea what goes into it
1: wow <laughs> i'm amazed the that f- you're that amazed uh, dude it's just you so could normal buy to a me. car
0: what do you want me to say you want yeah. me to say like seems like a good investment no like you could buy a car I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm going to college that my view of money is different.
1: No, $30,000, unless you're Bill Gates, is kind of a ridiculous amount, Yeah. even if you're making a career out of it. What can I'm you make a career out mic. of that you're I, spending $30,000 to make?
0: Sorry, I'm going to move my mic because I've gotten so excited. I've bumped my mic down. <laughs> this is Well, this is why I'm excited to learn, man. This is like this it. Is I, get, I get a kick out of the little things, you know?
1: I it's my favorite. It's actually my like little anecdotes are my favorite. I don't give a shit about the big picture. I like the little. I like the little stories, right? Yeah. Like I was the best. I had to do a presentation about Somali culture, and I was like, yeah, 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 it's interesting the broad history. But then I was like, did you know that if you compliment a thing in a Somali's household, they will offer it to you on demand? What did you know that? No. And it's not because, uh. They want to give it to you. It's because they value generosity and honor so highly that if you compliment it, they assume you want it and will offer it to you, even if they don't want to give it to you. And I think that's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Right? You know what I found out? I'll give an antidote back to you about small culture. Give it to me. They call their neighbors or anybody who is retired aunt or uncle. Because the I connect, didn't know that too. That one I've actually seen happen, and it's yeah, you call your your neighbor aunt or uncle because there's such a strong community vibe that goes on between oh, yeah. them.
1: All right, I'm gonna shoot one back at you, dude. Let's just have let's just have a dick measuring contest <laughs> about anecdotes about Somali culture. <laughs> um, did you know? I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, th- I, yeah, had a, I had I had such a good one. Yeah. I had such no. Okay, I got it back. No, I got please it back. go ahead. Um. Somali uh Somalis don't do acquaintances. They consider strangers immediate friends and will actually op- like cuz I would say we're friends and I would say yeah. this is like oh, yeah, this is friends. how friends talk, right? Like yeah. they open up about how they feel and what they think, right? They do that right away to people they just meet. Really? They don't do acquaintances. People are, are immediate friends. Wow. And it's very it can be very shocking if you're from the western Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, aspect of privacy cuz you'll be like Oh, you're telling me uh, your grandma died, and you're feeling really upset about it. You're like, "Cool, I just met you. It's kind of weird." But yeah, like kind of goes Very the normal for them. They are the kind of people that uh, have you ever been to, like the supermarket, and you're just standing in line, and some guy will just strike up a conversation with yeah. you. Yeah, that's their whole life. And honestly, I wish it was kind of more like that here, and I wish I was more like that because I'm I'm a conversation with people I know. I'm the shyest person in like uh, situations. No, I got that. And I wish I was more like that, where
0: I could just strike it up, just start. strike
1: it up, make friends just like that, right? Like,
0: yeah. And have you ever sat in the back of a classroom and you look around and you think that would be a nice person to know? Like, they'd be a nice friend. I have done that. Uh, and you just want to walk up and say hi, but you but can't. You can't. I've I've had moments
1: where I was like, um. I wonder how much more I would enjoy this class if I actually talked to the people in it. Yeah. Because a lot of my classes, especially, and here's a tip for people get to your class the first day, 15 minutes early. So you can sit and talk with people before the class starts. Cause if you're like me and get there like two minutes before everyone's talking and you just have to sit in the back of the class and wait for the class to start, Mm -hmm. you quickly become the kid in the back of the class no one talks to yeah Uh, yeah get there early and make sure you talk to people because if you don't uh
0: it kind of screws the whole semester it it really can
1: and like i have talked with people and i've made acquaintances right but i like i don't know like i'm not at the point where i could like see them at the reef or whatever and be like oh hey what's up and like yeah. talk to them in line like i'm not at that point but i don't know
0: i feel bad because i get to this point where i i feel i have to acknowledge that i know you because i feel bad <laughs> if i ignore you well i i'm a I i'm more that. social i i know i'm a little more outgoing because i'm a comm major but at the same time i have the worst tendencies to acknowledge people it's like a head nod yeah. it's like sup Yeah. head nod and people are like is it just saying yes like what is he doing like is he looking (laughs) at me Uh, you know i don't know how people read and then i do my weird hang loose hawaiian thing all the time because i just that's a natural go-to thing for me i got my and people don't know what that means most of the time they're like what are you doing do you want me to call you like what does this mean (laughs) i'm like no it means hang loose like have a good time like relax i hope you're at ease (laughs) You know, sick, sick, bro, <laughs> sick, bro. It's totally gnarly. We're riding the pearl fives bro, on the nine eight. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: I couldn't be like further from the surfer bro stereotype. You know, you look at me. The only thing I love is sharks. <laughs> I've got, I'm gonna get a giant. This is a side note. All I right. know this will make it. I have a, a wall in the studio. Yeah, you do. Because well, Yeah, I got four of them. Yeah, but, you uh, do. <laughs> And a window. And a window, too. It's very beautiful in this studio. But one of the walls, because three walls are made out of brick, and this one is made out of wood, because originally this used to be a dorm with a door in it, so it was like a suite. Yeah. So they took that door out, and they had to reconstruct part of the wall, so some of it is covered in wood, and things don't stick up there as well. Yeah. And this, I don't know this material. Are you
1: sure that's wood? Something. I'm going to expand your mind. Go. Oh. I'm not sure cause I can't feel it. We'll but check it out afterwards because that,
0: you could it chips. It that, chips out and there's something below it too. There is some okay. sort of wood framing below.
1: Okay. I was going to say because if you're looking at the wood grain and the lines, that might just be the concrete forms they used. Yeah. So, it probably it cuz at least the the ceiling is definitely concrete.
0: Believe and, it or not, there's wood in there too.
1: Well, I, won't, I don't doubt that there's also wood in there, but like the ceiling is like
0: it's got covering. It's yeah. covered in concrete,
1: and so we're like, living in a big concrete th- that, box. Yeah, that like the grain that you see is might just be the concrete forms. And yeah. concrete forms for those that aren't construction savvy like me worked in a lumber yard for two years. There let's you go. <laughs> concrete forms are the box that you put concrete in to give them the shape you want. Oh, okay. So. Alright. Um so probably. yeah. So they might have laid this thing like on top and then poured concrete and then just taken the wood off.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And then so that's that that's why it looks like that. I'm not sure. I don't know how it was built. I but I it is a plausible it is a plausible explanation. Like the UFOs and Bigfoot.
0: Most of the time there's an answer.
1: There is a plausible explanation, and it's usually that it exists, right? Yeah hashtag hashtag aliens.
0: hashtag s- I'm squatching you
1: <laughs> squatting with the squatch, boy
0: <laughs> but right. uh, uh, to get back I'm gonna get a giant shark poster I think across there that'd be lit because I love you know I was gonna stay sharks forever and I wanted to do it <laughs> I was like I'm gonna get a giant mako shark follow your dreams. follow my dreams follow get a shark poster
1: I'm gonna find my childhood scooby-doo towel I'm gonna hang it in your yes, room. Yes, it is like it is like a foot by two and a half feet. It is tiny because it is a child's towel. Is it well? If you bring it into the lit. studio,
0: man, you should. You should. I love just like having fun <laughs> things around. Like I've got a Danny DeVito picture. People always ask me when they record. And people, if they want to see this, it's on the Instagram. You can see it in the background of some of the pictures we take in the room. Shameless plug. Shameless the gram. plug. The Graham. Go to the Ben Griffin podcast <laughs> on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, but we have Danny DeVito. I've got like uh, two basketballs. The ba-
1: you were talking to me about those. The basketballs the I won in won. a shooting
0: contest. Yeah. And then me and um, Ben Ben, who came on the backcourt on Saturday, Sunday, we held them up for the first time. I was like, oh, that could be like a nice prop. Then I got the Muhammad Ali, Sonny Liston, because I loved Sonny Liston story. And then Muhammad Ali kind of stepping over. And it's an incredible story. You know, you got the world map, that big old Irish flag. My mother gave me because, you know, Griffin.
1: R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Alistair. Alistair. Oh, that's, yeah. We, he was unfairly kicked out.
0: He was going to be on the first podcast ever. Uh, and he, he fell asleep and he slept right through <laughs> it. Um, For people that don't know that who this like is, him. yeah, for people that don't know who we're talking about, Alistair was a friend of ours. Uh, my first year here after I transferred, so my junior year, and of course you got to know him as well. You're a junior. My junior year was last year. I'm a senior this year. I transferred. Really? In. Yeah. I don't look what it. I know. What the heck? Yeah. I I'm leaving this year. If you can believe that. I'm sad now. I you know. Made
1: me a sad individual.
0: Well, this is why I'm trying to take as much time out of my you know out I'll of my be usual be <laughs> schedule to spend time with you guys and get it all um, out and make I'll podcasts. i for stuff. the commencement. Oh yeah,
1: I'm required. And I'll get paid for it. I'm a musician. You're such a
0: big-hearted, f-
1: oh, <laughs> jackass! <laughs> Pop the champagne, boy! People did last year.
0: Oh, it's. Uh, it is true. It is true. I'm. Yeah, the commencement and everything coming up. It's like, wow! I can't believe you're gonna have to step out into the world and actually do what I've been practicing for four years. Yeah, I'm did excited. You,
1: did you know that uh, seniors are actually more depressed than ju- or
0: than freshmen? You know really, that? How so? Uh,
1: Alex told me, um, yeah, he through his knowledge. yeah, he was on. Yeah, he was on the last show. Yeah. so you're
0: hitting perfect timing
1: through his through his knowledge and working through security, he's aware that um, seniors are more depressed because, uh, yeah, they had all this structure in school and now they're at the end. And now the field is so open that people don't know what to do. So now they won't have a meal plan or a housing plan. They will have to find a place to live, find a job. And I hope I'm not scaring you right now, Ben. You're not. I have existential crisis time. Existential (laughs) crisis time with Ben. Catch it here first. On the pod. On the pod. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's the... um, it's the most probably exciting and terrifying time in people's lives is that there's no restraint anymore. Right. Yeah.
0: I've thought about it. I know you're, you're definitely in accord with me because I remember my mom and I were talking, it's like, would you ever consider it? It wasn't said like to be sly or anything. I was like, I'd probably go get my master's, but I'd still be working and all that stuff. But she's like, would you, when would you like to like set a goal, have a goal of when you want your own place, so you have something to work for. For sure. And I was like, God, I, like all of a sudden you're on the back heel, <laughs> you, you don't know what to say. It's like having my own place, I've never imagined it. I will say this though, being an RA, having my own space yeah. has definitely set me up a little bit more to be self-sufficient. Yeah. Like I go out, I get my own food usually, and I, I cook a lot of times in the dorm. You know, I can readjust. I... You know, like look at this place. Look I already at this kitchen I got, space over I, here. Yeah, obvious kitchen space. Um, <laughs> spacious. It's a spacious place. Hell yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, what was the cook? Shoot, that went to prison. Chef boy already. R.I.P. Boy. No. Um, Bart, was it Barbara Stewart? That went to yeah, prison. It was it like was. I. Don't use horizontal blinds with horizontal bars, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's like this place could sometimes look like a prison, but it's, you know, I got this big window, so it's, you know, I got plants yeah, and yeah. stuff to try to lighten the room up a bit, but try to keep life because I get guests like you coming in here. You want to your look herbs. good. Grow. grow your own herbs when you cook. <laughs> that is Do true. That I is have a not a really done good tip, actually.
1: But if you want to feel successful about your life.
0: Yeah. Grow stuff that you can eat. So we'll we'll go
1: back to the legend, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, bring this back. I'm going to meme on him. (laughs) The legend is on his sixth potted plant in his office because the last five have died. (laughs) Oh,
0: no. (laughs) And he's like,
1: yeah, I just don't water it. And then I was like, you should name it because I've heard if you name them, uh, you'll take better care of them. And he's like, I did that with the last one. (laughs) <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So
1: I want to meet this man. Ben? Oh god. What have you named your potted plant to your right?
0: This one here?
1: Yep. This one's Reginald. Did you just make that up or is that No, Reginald named? von Matterhorn. Could you explain? No. Okay. <laughs> No. If it's personal, we won't have to get into no,
0: it. No, no. You want to know the reason? And I this do. will bring her. This will bring a smile. My sister had a, a goldfish, one of those beta fish. Yeah. For three days, and we named it Reggie.
1: Yeah. What a lit name. Yeah,
0: I know, right? She went salt to the earth, Reginald. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. up? It made it a day and a half, and it started to float to the top of the tank. So she's like, "I have to clean Ooh. the bowl. I, it's got to be something in the water because it can't breathe yeah. or something." Yeah. Yeah. So she cleans the bowl. She puts it away. Puts him back in the bowl. He starts swimming just fine. He goes another day. He's fine. She wakes up on the third day. He is dead as a doornail. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he is gone. He's a goner. And his name was Reggie. And because yeah. we only had him thir- three days, that name has solemnly been taken in my family as the name that will never go anywhere else. Like it just Ooh. things that we don't expect to live for a very long time. <laughs> we name Reggie. So Becomes this is Reginald. Reggie. Yeah. Okay. So I was like it's Reggie, because it's a plant and I probably won't do a very good job with it. <laughs> this plant to my right, I would I'll, you know, listeners are just going to have to deal with this. But it's it's just imagine it's healthy. a plant. It's doing great. Imagine but the one, one to your plan. your left, I right. believe, is not doing great and that what one's because mean? well, if you look at the the soil and the actual um pot that it's in, it's too small. There's I nowhere think calling for the roots it a to pot
1: go. Is um, Kind of an overstatement, not going to lie.
0: Well, read what it says on the pot. It
1: looks like a uh, coffee mug, yeah. and the coffee mug says, give me the dirt. <laughs> um, your plant is too big for the pot. That yep. is Herbology 101. Yep.
0: Uh, that was what came with it. I bought the the plant, and then they were like, oh, you get this deal on the pot. So I'm like, oh, I'll just use that pot. And I got here, and I was like, <laughs> this doesn't fit. So yeah. I had to do some serious like reworking of the soil, and it just made a mess. You might have to upgrade from a cup to a mug. I'll tell you that. Hey, you know, if you finish that mug of water... This mug? We, yeah, this we mug? could do a little, uh, you know, greenhouse help in there. No, that's a good mug. I like that mug.
1: I'm just going to fucking whip it out <laughs> the wall now.
0: <laughs> oh, my You can't gosh. have nice things, Ben. You know, can I Can I bring up one thing that yes. we were talking about before? Because yes. I thought it was really interesting. Is You were talking to me about kids and that are bad at math yeah yeah, yeah. that the reason that a lot of them are bad at math is because teachers give up on them and they just give up because no one believes in them could you kind of go back to that because i think that's something that's
1: (laughs) kind of fascinating in a way it's it's it can be a dark topic but we can go into there
0: we love dark topics at the ben griffin podcast
1: uh future educator talk now uh i talked with to this with my one of my roommates isaiah he's on the first podcast right yep he'll be um, coming
0: back i think pretty soon
1: the return the return of the king oh god um, yeah
0: that one's <laughs> that one's one of those podcasts where i know him so well and i see yeah. him so often it's, it's like you yeah. you know i know them so well it, it becomes less of a podcast and more like a hangout so i got to make sure i really prep for those because i get nervous about those the most chilling. is when you're just chilling and that they don't just drown you know out yeah. the real content so continue
1: though uh so i was talking with isaiah and he was i don't know how we got on the topic but we were talking about like um kids i don't know like kids who are like fuck it i'll just drop out and sell drugs or some shit and uh i was talking i was like yeah so uh those kids were probably given up on and that's what i was that's that was the segue yeah I was like, teachers have such a great responsibility to young students because depending on how they set them up will basically decide the trajectory of their life, Um, which is a very heavy thing and a very real responsibility that teachers have, is that um, um, like it or not, kids are better at some things and worse at others. And for some, I think Ben talked about, talked to me earlier about uh english not being his strong suit and it's not that he can't be good at english it's that it just takes longer longer than the school system gave him time to do it right and um yeah as a result of that um what motivation do you have to continue english right there's
0: no uh well it's funny because it actually it pissed me off to be bad at English. And I ended up going into writing a lot more Yeah, and I tried to break every rule I could.
1: And some, and some kids take that as a form of motivation and some kids throw in the towel. And it's not to say that, um, they're being cowardly or lazy. It's that, uh, for some reason or another, uh, math is, um, too complicated or something that they need to really break down more than they were. And, uh, Math is a great example because if you never learn how to do two plus two, how are you supposed to do two minus two? And how are you supposed to do two divided by two? And how are you supposed to do two times two? And then, you know, how how
0: are you supposed to do that? It's a domino effect.
1: It really is. And if uh, you're left behind early on and nobody wants to give you the time of day to catch you up, why would you? Especially as a kid when um, in school – when you're so pressured to be successful, when you're not successful right away, um, you don't try anymore. Cause why would you focus on something you're not successful at? And when instead you can go, well, I'm really good at, I don't know, football. Um, I'll make that, uh, my thing, right. I'll make that my thing. I won't, I won't do school. I'll do football. I won't do math. I'll do science. I love science. You know, it's like, It's that sort of thing. And uh, if you're a student that is just a slower learner in general, and I don't want to mean slow as in dumb. I mean slow as in you just need more time. It's just how it is. Like, that's just how your brain processes things. If you're abandoned and people assume that you can't or you're lazy and you don't want to, you're going to be left behind. And that's just... the sad reality of education systems all over the globe. And it's, it's a tricky subject because you don't want to hold back the top students and you don't want to leave behind the bottom students. But what do you do? You can't have both. At least not right now. You can't have both. There's probably a system, but um, yeah. And you can't always blame the teacher either because um, they're given a set of standards that they have to meet. And if they don't meet it, uh, they're out of a job. So what do they do? Do you take the extra time and not hit points you're supposed to cover or just leave them behind and hope that you can tutor or um, they can catch up on their own or somewhere it's made up. So it, that's just that's a sad reality of education, especially in elementary
0: Wow. No, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry again my voice. Yeah, no, it was It's one of those things though that you're happy you have some sort of grasp on what's going on and yeah. where you came out of. Yeah. And knowing that there probably were teachers that were like, you know, I need to make up and have this many students get through my class and pass oh, yeah. because it's in my contract to have no less than th- 5 students fail. Yeah. And to cut corners is a very human and very real thing that happens that we pretend doesn't. And it certainly happens in education. And I think we forget about that a lot.
1: Yeah. Teachers are still human. Like, and, um, for every say bad decision a teacher makes, there's a million good decisions that have positively affected someone. Like I would wager everyone at this college and everyone in any college has no idea how hard every single one of their teachers fought for them and um it's um and it's sad that um they couldn't fight hard enough for some but be happy that they fought hard enough for yeah. us right Yes. Yeah. like some of the my favorite teachers um affected me in, in a in a great personal way as well and um yeah it it's uh it's honestly amazing how uh, how much can affect you yeah
0: no it's it is crazy just the impact people can have on your life and those simple things and well especially from teachers it's usually the little things i i i will say that i'm also on the other side of the fence where i've had teachers that pissed me off so bad that it made me want to prove something oh yeah and i can still name off the teachers that i i didn't hate's too strong of a word but that i thought were just if they actually took the time to look at me, yeah, they could see that I was starving for help and I wanted to do something better than they realized I was capable of. Yeah. And I've it definitely, definitely made me that. a better human being, though. I think there is yeah. something funny about suffering that makes us better people. And it's a lot of times coming through. Like, not all of it, obviously, but that type of getting a drive from somebody passing you by puts you in a position that your mind either alters itself and turns it up turns you on turbo or it builds character or you shut down you either build or you or you collapse
1: it builds character hard work builds character yeah it has been drilled into my mind and a lot of other minds of especially in stearns county um hard work builds character and uh you know and that's usually said in a jest, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're doing some real shitty job at 110 (laughs) degrees. Yeah. And you're not getting a break for another four hours and you're dying of thirst. And then the other people you're working with just smile and say, builds character. And that's all you hear about it. No, but it's true. That's very true. It's true. The, the hardest things you have done in your life is probably arguably, um, the most important thing you've done in your life.
0: Yeah. No, that's. Yeah, it's just something to kind of lean back and think about. I I would rather not dive down that rabbit hole because I feel like we talk in circles, but it'd be. Yeah, it'd be fun to talk to you about it, but probably not for the pod. But I want to take a quick right turn and I think we'll take this as our last topic for the evening because I'm sure you're a busy man. I want to save some thoughts to have you back at some point. Yeah, I know.
1: This was quick. This was a quick.
0: I know. It goes by like, fast. It's
1: like two hours, right? Yeah. It was like eight. Well, we probably started like 8 We're at
0: 137 currently. Yeah. That was quick. Yeah, it goes by fast. But you're from Stearns County. I am this from County. This is a lighter-hearted topic I want to talk to you about. Let's go. There is a strong <laughs> heritage of German here. And you know already what I'm going to ask. I'm very proud. What is up with this, the teaching German and kids speaking German just openly mm. around Stearns County? I will say I have also, um, I'm going to be buying a book here. My uncle recommended me. Yeah. About Avon liquor. About when speakeasies <laughs> were going on. that This was one of the places that made liquor. There were two spots. Avon and people knew the difference between the two. Avon made a particular kind of liquor and sent it to speakeasies <laughs> down in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And the reason this my uncle funny. told me this is because my family was the runners. We ran <laughs> a lot of that liquor. So I just kind of wanted your thoughts on the area and what was going on. And just There's give a lot, us the a character because it really is a character of a place.
1: Uh, we're very proud people. You could say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to talk up Stearns County. For all of its Do, faults. Yeah. I love it. That's fine. But uh, I actually know multiple families that uh, have made their own moonshine and still to this day st- still make their own moonshine in the woods you're in kidding. distilleries. I'm not kidding. I think I got an idea of one family. Um, <laughs> we won't say. <laughs> if, I think I know Are uh, you talking about the king. We're talking about the king. We're talking about the king. Yeah. I got that. I got that. Um, yeah, they, they make moonshine and they do it. That's, uh, it's amazing,
0: right? It feels like we're in Kentucky. Like when I sat you, down. Cause
1: when you think about moonshine you always think Kentucky, Tennessee, in yeah. the middle of the bayou I or whatever, right? I think of right? NASCAR.
0: Cause that's where NASCAR came from. It yeah. was from runners of moonshine. Yeah. you.
1: That's what you think about. But the whole legacy of Minnesota 13, right? And, uh. In Chicago and the whole thing, yeah, it was right here. Stearns County was actually a very big uh, moonshine production.
0: Yep, and I knew that like famous gangsters had been up here. Yep. Because um, of what's it.
1: the famous one? Al Capone. Al Capone,
0: Al Capone definitely had. Yep. It. He had a summer house in Wisconsin.
1: Yep. Uh, I'm gonna sidetrack a little bit. Dude. We'll go right back to Stearns County. Wait, did you know that a shit ton of famous people have lake houses in Brainerd? Really. Fucking Brainerd, uh, <laughs> fucking Brainerd. Okay, <laughs> probably um, I'm gonna talk some shit. Uh, you know, I'm gonna you've say it. it's, I'm gonna say it's uh, probably one of the worst cities in Minnesota. I'm not gonna say it's bad because Brainerd is awesome, but I would say out of all of them, I would rank it last. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I should don't don't incriminate me about that, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. um, I've met some very awesome mm. people from Brainerd, but... No, uh, usually the people are nice. Yeah, it's... I don't know. There's just something... It's just the vibe. <laughs> it's just the vibe of the... It's just the vibe of the town. I You know? It, it does oh not vibe God. with me. <laughs> uh, I would say St. Cloud is second worst because driving in St. Cloud is uh, tantamount to torture. Oh, I don't like it It is psychological t- torture. Mm-mm. I hate it, but <laughs> once you learn... All the little secrets, yeah, you got you, it. You you know, you got it, but yeah, I don't know. Brainerd just does not vibe with me There's, But famous people like, um, in the Brainerd Lakes area, like Tom Cruise, I think, has a lake house. A bunch of famous actors do.
0: I didn't know that. It's wow. kind of
1: surprising, isn't it? I've heard, really? of, I don't actually, I, I might be making this completely up. Well, but you, I swear you, I've heard this um multiple times from reputable sources. And um you know what? I feel like famous people would do that. Not for Brainerd but for for the, of, for the um, lakes.
0: A lot of famous people get lake houses on Wisconsin properties. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan's got one, the comedian. He's got one. I think his wife side side uh, note. Wow. Oh, strong Destroyed. strong income. His wife was from Milwaukee so they got a place here. JJ Watt and the whole family has a huge lake house where he lives well, here. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but he's from the area. And then there was one more. Uh I can't reach it right now. I'll probably figure it out at some other yeah. point. But there's a lot surprising amount of people that come to the Midwest. To the Midwest, right? Like I'm I'm amazed by it. And a lot of people that um go to Canada too. Toronto. Yeah. Toronto a big growing city. Apparently. I think it's
1: the natural beauty of the, of the area. Yeah. Like if you drive through Brainerd, like you take the normal highways, you're like, yeah, whatever. These pine trees are cool. And you take some back roads, and you're like, damn, this is, this is a Bob Ross painting right now. Yeah, and you're winding
0: through it, losing oh, your yeah. mind over how many right left turns, signals right are left going
1: windy turns, and then all of a sudden you turn a corner and boom, you are literally like in the most pristine thing you've <sighs> ever seen. It's insane. It's nuts. Yeah. All
0: right, let's go back to Stearns County. Please. I want to know Hard more about you turn back, back. <laughs> T- going from pristine wildlife and nature Stearns County. Now we'll have pristine humans. Oh, beautiful. humans! absolute beauties.
1: Yeah. Um, one may
0: say legends,
1: one may say, um, there's a meme in Stearns County where it's like, you can't marry anyone that's native to Stearns County. Cause they're probably your cousin. God. And that's honestly kind of true. Um, Here's a wild fact about myself. I have... I'm worried where this is going. I have 12 aunts and uncles on one side, and it's, I think, it's 13 on the other. You know how bad it is that you don't even know the number? It's somewhere between the range of 11 and 13. So I'm going to say 12 with a confidence interval of 1. Uh, on both sides. I'm not sure of either number. <laughs> Uh, so now think of all of those individual families from all 24 ish of my aunts and uncles (sighs) and think of all of like their families and think of like all the in-laws. I swear to God, (sighs) I could, I'm, I'm cousins with Brady. Did you know that? I did actually. I'm
0: cousins with Brady. Who will be on soon. I'm pretty sure
1: I'm cousins with Isaiah and very distant with alex maybe
0: he just not dig nuts? long enough yeah no
1: it's crazy and uh i didn't know like any of that until i was like until my dad was like yeah your grandma was this and uh that your grandma had a sister who uh branched off here and as a result you are res- related to brady and i was like oh cool
0: oh, that's one door closed
1: isn't it crazy yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that is a meme but to go back to uh the german thing
0: um that part fascinates know. me like my Cause it's like amish like when <laughs> i'm around amish people they speak <laughs> like really dutch is. or german or wherever their natural the language of their ancestors yeah. was from they'll speak that in front of you so that you don't hear their personal conversation. or if it's just like a family matter. It's like, oh, go help your sister do this. They'll speak in Dutch. Yeah. And it's always like... It, it's it's not, not that bad. It's not bad. It's just like, oh, we're we're switching lanes all of a sudden. You know, like, wow, no. okay. And Stearns not, County, it's people do it. It's not that bad. No. It's, in Stearns County, it's not that bad. But it's, it's funny when I go to, like, uh, I don't know, like a grocery store, and I'll hear people say phrases in German. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Where am you I? You already know.
1: You already know. Um, I know, but the audience doesn't. <laughs> the um, So I'll tell a story to kind of um, provide an example of what Ben is talking about. Um, I had friends over. Um, uh, my grandma had recently died, and me and my friends were doing a group project, but all my aunts and uncles were uh, there <laughs> drinking moonshine. Of course. <laughs> what else would they and, be drinking? Uh, and, uh, you know, just having a big family gathering, um, cause it wasn't, it was, um, between the funeral and the, uh, and her death. And so there was like a big planning thing and, you know, um, which was very weird. I would have expected people to be sad, but yeah, it was all laughing and, um, Stearns County has this affection of fermented wheat beverages <laughs> uh to the point where it's almost a miniature currency really um i didn't know that <laughs> my dad um he's a woodworker i talked about that yeah um actually did i did i on the podcast i talked about the yeah, banjo yeah you were you were talking I about him talk making about the, the banjo. banjo and you were yeah. talking about your time so, working so uh, he likes to make cutting boards uh i have a, one of his cutting boards that he made for me in my apartment i think um, i've seen that. i actually partly made that like he glued it together but i sanded it and did Whoa, all the things oh dude But anyway, so he makes cutting boards for people, or um, he we have a barn that like he lets people like winterize boats or RVs there, and uh, he insists that people don't pay him. Um, So what they do is they go into his wood shop and go into his fridge, and plant two or three cases of beer in his fridge, and that's how they pay him. Yeah. Uh, that's, I don't know whether I that's love a, or find that strange. Very, that's a very common thing that happens in yeah. Stearns County. Is that people, to show their appreciation, will buy people cases of beers and uh, sneak them into their fridge. It happens all of the time. You can ask, ask Leo. Ask uh, maybe not ask Alex because um, Alex's father is a um, uh, has become sober. Okay. So um, alcohol is not really a thing in his family. Okay. I mean his brothers pounds and beers but like that kind of culture is not really there anymore but uh brady's family isaiah's family is probably like that um yeah they're that's how people do it
0: i wanted to sit everyone down from Stearns because there's times at the table like isaiah and the cats (laughs) which is coming that's coming another day
1: yeah there's just weird stories well i just i love it
0: because it's like a microcosm right in the dead center of minnesota where when you come into Stearns, things are just familiar enough you can the people are great, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But th- things are just similar enough that you're like, Okay, yeah, I can get along here. And then there's a few like little things. There's a little subculture, right? Yeah. There's a little undercurrent to what people are doing here because it's such a relaxed area. Yeah. People everyone knows each other. But it's it's not a small town, it's a small county. It's like this massive area condensed. Oh yeah. And people know other people in the towns over. Like I grew up in oh, a yeah. small town. Everyone knew each other in that small town. Yeah. But they didn't know the people the town over that well. <laughs> Stearns is very different because everyone knows each other. And maybe this is just from my experience I find this amazing. But yeah. I just I think it's I just find it really interesting that you're able to find that kind of a place.
1: Yeah. Um and Stearns County people are actually more likely to get hired in Minnesota. Did you know that? No. Um Because they're all farm boys and, uh, work ethic is one of the big things, one of the biggest values. And so, um, if you have heard that before, if you're, if you're from Stearns County, uh, it looks better on a resume, which is amazing to me because we're a bunch of idiots, but, um, we work so goddamn hard. (laughs) So, you know, the phrase work harder, not smarter. Yeah. We work so goddamn hard that we don't have to be smart. (laughs) Uh, which is not necessarily true for me cuz I'm I'm like you're you're a
0: very clever guy. Like when I talk to you, you always exercise me. It's and I'm not a brilliant man in any slight, but you you just had a 2-hour podcast where you're able to, you know, eliterate some of the knowledge that you've had on me. You blew my mind with a $30,000 instrument. I was floored. I, I got some floored. bombshells.
1: I keep, I got off topic though. I was talking about uh, yeah. the story, right? Yeah. Um, um, I was going to, I'm going to briefly talk about uh, my personal work ethic. Cause I think it's kind of, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Is that, um, I don't half ass anything, but I also am the worst procrastinator. So it's the most, uh, disturbing thing. I I don't know if disturbing is the right word, I'll be like, I'm going to wait until the last minute to do this paper. And then I get there and then I go, well, I started it. Uh, This has to be the best goddamn paper I've ever written. And that's not always true, but like things that matter to me and like, especially when it's my job, like if it's my job and I'm getting paid and people depend on me, I work so goddamn hard, Mm -hmm. humble boast. Uh,
0: well, no, I've seen it, but like, uh, I've seen it. I can speak on your behalf. I've seen the way that you guys, especially just as my friends. Yeah. That when I ask you guys to do something, Alex came in with notes the other day and it's like, it's a podcast. I just yeah. want to spend time with you guys no. and learning
1: when it when things matter, they, they matter to everyone. They matter and it will be done. Um, it might not be done right, but it'll be done well. Right. Yeah. Um, but with homework, you know, fuck homework. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, like if it's a thing that matters to me, or if it if people are depending on me, I I tend to make sure that shit gets done. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why uh, certain kind of people get hired because it's that mentality where it's like it's got to get done. It can't not get done. It might suck, but people are waiting for it to happen. So. Here we go. Yeah. This has to, this has to happen and someone's got to do it. Might as well be you. And it's that mentality, which I think is part of the reason why um, city people or uh, rural people are more conservative and city people are more uh, liberal. And there's that dichotomy because um, all like the rural people are like, things have to get done and I have to do it. And the rural people are more like, no, we can we can ask for help, right and it's I think that's one of the fundamental differences and that's why people disagree is mm-hmm. because um real people think that asking for help means that you're lazy and city people think that you're doing it your uh self means you're stubborn and that tends to be like one of the roots of it all mm-hmm. It's too complicated a topic to get into
0: no, but it it is a really it's it is an interesting part. That, that, yeah. that situation it's, and it's arises. a part that people
1: don't talk about they always talk about like oh whatever ugh. but I think that's one of the big things is that um, views on how to work is so different
0: Yeah, yeah you're spot on I think with that but that I think sets up a return for you I mean <laughs> there's so much more I would love to talk to you about so I'm excited to have you back man and thank you oh, so yeah. much for doing this I never finished my story Oh please Oh my <laughs> oh, gosh I'm so sorry I never No 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 I was I'm like you're bringing us To this kind of beautiful Like uh pl- Point now I'm a master storyteller You are I You got me lulled Into the first story <laughs> I haven't gotten
1: Into the end I'm Of so the first sorry. story No it's fine uh, I was just gonna talk about I had friends over Alex was one of them Okay Alex and my friend uh, Andy um, We were just doing Some dumb group project And my uncle Comes out of the barn And um, we were making an air cannon because we were like, we were researching um, medieval weapons. We were like, we'll make an air cannon to simulate a real cannon. And we like just shot random crap out of it. What? And we got a good grade on it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. But that air cannon was
1: awesome because that thing, no lie, could shoot a baseball, (laughs) probably three three, uh, football fields. Oh my God. No lie. No, okay. So, my house is on a hill. Okay. Uh, Alex was across a hayfield and in the middle of a cornfield, weigh the balls out there with a baseball <laughs> glove, trying that to catch sounds it. It's like a shirt. Just go weigh the balls out there. And uh, he tried to catch it. And one time, because, like, the. Because we had it at an angle, it shot so high up that you couldn't tell where it would come down because the wind would change it, oh and then you could like God. see it move, and then you'd be like running for it, and then all of a sudden you'd go, <laughs> whoosh, and then it would like veer off to the left. One time he got it close enough where it hit his glove; it ripped the glove off of his hand. That's how fast the fucker oh my was going. God. <laughs> <laughs> it was an amazing piece of machinery that blew out on us once. And then we oh just my. re-glued the PVC oh and just my God. went for it.
0: Oh, my. What?
1: So, anyway, we were doing that. And then my uncle this, comes out and does was this like. this
0: relate to grandma? <laughs>
1: um, oh, I'm just explaining why my uncles oh, were there. Okay. So, they I were there having a good say, time. Like, and then I veered off about the beer thing. Because ha- there was, like, no sadness. It was like everyone was, like, having a great time playing cards, drinking beer, reminiscing, having great, like, about good memories and having a great time. Yeah. My uncle comes out of the barn. And we were just shooting. Cause we're having fun doing random crap, and uh, he he goes like, "You're shooting that dare ball versus," and and then like, and my friend literally looked, he looked at me so confused, and I was like, "He just wanted us to shoot the ball higher," and then, and then oh oh so there was it was that kind of thing. Um, they had no clue what he was trying to say, and I don't I, know. Just and either. then, so, um, here's the oh, key. Verste means away. do you understand? Um, that's about all you need to know. Cause then you can just say, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> you good, Ben? I had to physically pull the mic away from me <laughs> because I know I have an annoying laugh. No, it's a good one. It just, oh my no, God. So
1: that's what Ben was talking about when he was talking about, it's like, there's like a, oh. So it there's a, there's a definite ear to it and I it actually like
0: something I've heard before.
1: I know Here's how uh, German Sterns County is. I know at least 8 different drinking songs in German.
0: You guys have done that in front of me. Yep. It freaked me out. Like the first I think the second time I met you guys, you guys <laughs> did some song. And I don't <laughs> I don't drink unless it's a very special occasion. So I'm sitting there dry sober watching you go and I'm sure the German words aren't even
1: correct. Cause it's from memory and we're a bunch of, uh, yeah. native English speakers. So our pronunciations and our probably like grammar and words are not correct, but the point is there and the words are there. Mm-hmm. So we can get the point across. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's a good time. I love it. It's amazing. I to brought be that you, up. Guys. I brought that up, uh, to my, uh, music, uh, Pedagogy K through six. I was like, ah, we actually like we're taught German songs, and she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I have this one. She's talking about growing songs, so you know, Um, yeah. um the the like the woman who swallowed the fly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, uh, swallowed a horse, blah, 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 and then to it goes the on fly. and it builds on. Yeah. So there's a German song like that in German, and I was like, I actually have a picture. There's a poster of it in meyergrove Grove City Hall. There's a poster of it with all the words. I was like, I'll show it to her. And then I thought about it and I was like, better not because the poster is sponsored by Grain Belt Beer and it wouldn't be school appropriate, but the words aren't about drinking. Um, It's just like a additive thing. Yeah. But I was like, "Eh, Uh, might not be it. And then I probably shouldn't, but. I might teach that to some kids someday, they're,
0: dude. You totally should. <laughs> I could. I would. I would drive cross country if I could see you standing up in front of kids <laughs> with tails on your suit, Woo! right? And you're yeah, up yeah, there, yeah. and all these kids come up, and they're all dressed, and their parents are ready. Oh yeah, and they're like, "My angel's gonna sing. She's gonna be beautiful." <laughs> and all of a sudden, they go gotten <laughs> and just, all
1: the kids are <laughs> just <laughs> like All the know. kids come out with like steins <laughs> <And> the-
0: <laughs> They're <were> wearing lederhosen.
1: <laughs> I was looking up lederhosen, I was like, I should dress up in Lederhosen super comfortable. for
0: Halloween. And I was like, mmm dude you know what you should do you what? should come with me to the irish festival yeah because i'm gonna be I, I gotta get a kilt i yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. a kilt because it's like i got my dna test back uh, a little while ago for my birthday i got yeah, a dna yeah. test done i'm super super scottish and i'm super super irish obviously with the last name but yeah more so than i thought because my dad is german yeah i was like i should get a kilt and i should wear it and i could wear it to weddings <laughs> and stuff you and i should go out and I you could wear leader, leader and I'll wear my kilt and my oh, high socks. Yeah.
1: I think that'd be hilarious. I'm gonna go as uh, Alex's
0: dad, Father Tim. Father Tim, because please come on the podcast, Father Tim. If you hear this, I'm very excited <laughs> to some Tim. of your
1: stories. But he his signature is overalls.
0: That is a good look. It's so a cool
1: look. Overalls, and they're coming uh, back too. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna wear overalls, and I keep contemplating. telling me this is a good idea. Shoot, um, I keep contemplating uh, turning the overalls into shorts.
0: Oh, like cutting them off high,
1: cutting them off like here. Okay. Okay. And then wearing them as
0: shorts. Have you ever seen the show swamp people? There was no. a, a guy named Bruce that did that. He yeah. wore them like shorts,
1: but see, here's the thing. It's my only pair of overalls and I actually oh. want to keep them. I want to actually have a pair of overalls to wear as overalls when I need them. So I don't want to, uh, ruin Reckon. them. Yeah. I wouldn't say ruin, uh, um, At lunch today, I used the word enhance them because I talked about this at lunch today. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should enhance them or not because I need them the way they
0: are. I think what you should do is you should roll them up just below your knee and then get some obnoxious cowboy boots. And I think that would be enough.
1: Ooh, I, I need to go as a farmer. I need a cowboy hat.
0: Ask Leo. He's got a couple.
1: I want the cowboy hat that he owns that's made out of Budweiser boxes (laughs) because that (laughs) would be, that would be a jamming look. Uh, I would go as a farmer for Halloween or father Tim, father Tim, um, (laughs) father Tim, shout out big man.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I. (laughs) Sorry. I'm looking at you, and I can see the costume on you already. I know what it's gonna look like.
1: I have flannel too. I'm gonna rock the flannel. See, I was also debating if I wear the overalls. Do I wear a shirt or not?
0: No, no shirt. Because I've seen you overalls without the shirt. I don't
1: want to be body shamed.
0: You wouldn't be body shamed. You're friends with me.
1: I'm gonna be body shamed for it.
0: No, you I'm wouldn't. talking about you. Uh, wouldn't be body shamed when we are friends with the people we're <laughs> friends with, and the diversity of size in between no, no, all of us. No, no.
1: I heard you don't understand. Uh, the donations, shout out donations. They're the, they're a band I play in. Are gonna have a Halloween party next week. Oh, should I go <laughs> with or without the shirt, Ben? Tell me right now. I don't want to be body shamed.
0: I feel like if you went for it, people would respect you, but that's just me. And but I've see, worn I don't know how shorts. you
1: can be respected when you're not wearing a shirt and you're wearing overalls. The
0: same reason that the Rat Pack is considered our mascots, and they run around <laughs> in tutus, and people are like, you know, the, based on sheer fact that they're willing to do that, I respect them. The fact that they would degrade themselves and wear a tutu with short shorts and put glitter on their faces. I wouldn't say degrading. That's unfair. Then we're good. Then,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is different. Is this shame? Their whole point of the Rat Pack is to get people hyped up. So they have to be so over the top. And that's yeah. why. So I feel like like that's their job, right? Yeah. Uh, my job is not to be a degenerate. I'm just debating if I should be
0: one. Why don't you Why don't you do it halfway? Why don't you go in there and you wear your shirt? Yeah. And you leave three or four buttons undone.
1: It's only got it's only got the the suspenders. Like there's no other buttons.
0: No, I'm talking the shirt that will go under the suspenders. Oh. So if you no, wear the want flannel, the like
1: look. I was thinking about maybe wearing like
0: oh like Larry the Cable Guy
1: a wife beater or a white okay. t-shirt. Oh. Um.
0: That could I work. Should, that could I should work. Not call it. Uh, that's what that. they're called in slang. It's okay. Yeah. Like whatever. It's. That's I, the thing. You can't get rid of that slang. You can't. Yeah. Get away it's from a problem. that. Problem. People know what that is. That's yeah. just the way it is. It's like
1: I don't know. I I literally don't know another word for it. I literally no, don't I, know another word.
0: No, it's an undershirt. Like that's it. But that's also there's multiple kinds of undershirts.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't own one though. So. Uh, I don't know. I might see. This is the thing.
0: Yeah. This is where you got to think about it.
1: And also the logistics is that the house is hot as shit when there's a party because uh, there's like 50 people packed into this like 20 by 30 foot fucking room. It gets hot as hell. And you can't open windows because we don't want noise complaints. Yeah. So it gets very warm. So I feel like wearing a thick flannel shirt and overalls. I will be I, dying. I
0: honestly think for the beginning you may get shame but at the end people will be like you know what he was the brilliant man out of all of us cuz he's got stuff that's ventilated I don't He's wanna, got stuff that rotates air north to south
1: I just don't want <laughs> uh nipples to be showing then put some like tape over him. I don't know Oh no <laughs> Oh no <laughs> No No Don't might, listen to the Ben Griffin I, podcast I over that comment I might just go with a uh, white t-shirt
0: if I, don't, if I
1: don't do flannel, I might yeah. do a white t shirt.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're thinking about it that much, go with the white t shirt, start with that, and then you know, it, it, know it's it's praise. It's basically that. Maybe a straw hat, something easy, something light.
1: But I get sick every year at Halloween. I always have such great plans for Halloween, and then I get sick as shit and I never never do anything. It makes me a sad panda sometimes. <laughs> ben. Sad panda. You gotta keep up. It's from uh, South Park. From South Park. I don't watch South Park. Sexual harassment panda. Oh it's no! It's like a bad mascot. Oh god!
0: I just think Listen of the Robin Williams that. joke. I think of the Robin mm-hmm. Williams joke of maybe the reason pandas aren't like reproducing is because of like I wouldn't do her
1: <laughs> like you know go they're out there. very picky individuals. <laughs> well,
0: they are. Like one of the things that I found out about them is that when the Chinese are breeding pandas, yeah, they say you have to go in and take the cub as the, the birthing's happening yeah. because what mother pandas will do is they'll roll over and they'll actually crush the cub <laughs> so it's like these little things about animals you know that yeah. are just so there's a reason that they're probably they're on the extinction list but besides just hunting is also yeah. it's hard to get the numbers back up because they kill themselves and they're did, hurting each other and did you know that uh, pandas uh
1: don't like to mate that often
0: no, I did know that. Yeah. I did know that they don't like to mate often, and it's hard to get. Um, they pairs gotta together. be in the mood.
1: That you know, they gotta put. <laughs> they gotta put
0: the slow jams on. Can you imagine like a bunch of like highly intelligent Chinese scientists? Because that's the yeah, basic. Yeah, yeah. That's the people who are the like the headmasters yeah. of this movement to get the Chinese the pandas back. Dressing up like Barry White background dancers, <laughs> you know. And they've they got like some bamboo sticks. They're waving oh, yeah. back and forth to really set the mood. And they're brilliant people. <laughs> like these are like top level, top level folks in the background trying to help set this mood. Do you think they have a halftime? Pandas, ha- pandas
1: have a halftime for sure.
0: Oh, they have to. They have to have a halftime, don't they? Oh, yeah. Man.
1: If viewers don't know what we're talking about, you're just gonna have to figure it out. You're
0: gonna have to contact us.
1: You're you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to go and consult the experts. That's 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 yeah. Uh, that's for me and you for sure. They also have halftime snacks for sure. That's what oh, the bam- they have to.
0: That's what the bamboo's for. How about can I leave you with the parting joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll call it here. All right, that sounds good. There's a there's a man. He's working in a sandwich shop. Right. All right. New to the job man walks in, asks for a sandwich, makes the sandwich for him. woman walks in, asks for a sandwich, makes the sandwich for him. Panda walks in. He asks for the sandwich, so he gives him the sandwich. He goes over, he sits down. And some guy stands up, and the panda gets up and shoots him, and then leaves. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the guy goes, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, I'm a panda, look it up. So the guy does, and he says, panda, eats, shoots, and leaves. (laughs) that was a
1: good one that was a good one
0: wow you just gave me the the worst look I love it oh man no but I think I think we'll wrap it up there because this is one of the dangerous things where I get talking with you like I said at the beginning you're one (laughs) of these people that no matter where I go with conversation you're always entertaining to talk with because you're so you're, you're diverse of thought you're really good at just keeping things going it's awesome no it's a great quality to you and thank you so much for coming in with the music. I know it's hard this to talk good. to a simpleton, but no, uh, it's, it's the reason I love doing it.
1: It's hard. To, it's such an abstract topic that it's yeah. hard to talk about and get people to understand. Like it's just one of those things that, and it's the most frustrating things that professors do. Where it's like, you'll know when you know. Yeah, and it's true. And it's 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 just a thing you can't teach.
0: Yeah, it is. But I mean, you can. But like, you can't. You just well, you can't teach. It's like it's you, in you basketball, you can't teach tall. You have yeah. to have experiences playing the game that a coach just can't give you. Yeah. And it's the same in music. You have to feel that rush to understand the beauty behind yeah. it and understand what the passion, how the passion can drive you. Oh, yeah. And I think that's an incredible thing. So thank you for coming in and let me Maybe. talk to you about that. Ne-
1: next time I'll uh, play some songs.
0: I, I was going to N- say, I really wish. Not literally, but
1: like uh Spotify. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah no i'll set up a mic for it and we'll uh we'll figure it out because i would love to hear some stuff that so you have some recommended. royalty
1: free music <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't start <laughs> don't even start with that because my right. theme song that's, is a that's, banger. For next, that's for next time that's for yeah, next time you can't upstage my theme song it's a banger it's, it's too late i've
1: it, already given too many recommendations
0: okay well with that thank you guys for listening to this podcast thank if you, you. want to get in contact with the show feel free to reach out on Instagram or Twitter at the Ben Griffin podcast. We also have a Gmail account. If you want to email into the show at the Ben Griffin podcast at gmail.com. It's a good way to keep in touch with people. It's been used. So it's been awesome to hear from you guys. Keep doing it. I love getting in contact with you guys. Um, and if I'm a terrible like responder, please forgive me. It's just based on the busyness of the school year. But with that, thank you, Levi, for joining me tonight. No Thanks problem. for putting up with me for two hours. It's what, fun. I enjoy your company. So hopefully I'll have you back here and we'll have another good one. So thank you guys. Have a good night. We appreciate your ears.
1: Love you.